The Gillette Cavalcade of Sports is on the air. for the Gillette Safety Razor Company. As the Cleveland Indians and the New York Giants get set for the opening game of the 1954 World Series. This is the 16th consecutive year that baseball's championship classic is being broadcast for your entertainment on the Gillette Cavalcade of Sports. Yes, and because so many of you sports fans are also Gillette fans, we broadcast and telecast other athletic events of national interest, including the regular Friday night boxing bout for your entertainment the year round. And now, fans, we turn you over to one of baseball's all-time greats, Frankie Frisch, the Fordham Flash. Frankie is on deck in the clubhouse right now to give you the inside rope on the series. Today, he interviews baseball commissioner Ford Frick, the National and American League presidents Warren Giles and Will Harris, along with Leo DeRocha and Al Lopez. Take it away, Frankie Frisch. Hey, Frankie Frisch. Good afternoon, fans. Well, it's a pleasure to have on our Gillette program the both managers of the two fine ball clubs, Mr. Al Lopez. Al, how are you? The Cleveland Indians and Leo DeRocha. Say, Al, I'm going to ask you one question. You have done a terrific job. Well, you want to be on a championship club. You've got to do a terrific job. What is the, what, what would you say is responsible for your club winning the pennant this year? Why don't you know you finished, what, second back in those Yankees for two or three years? Three years in a row. Three years in a row. What couple of men or three or four men helped you? Well, Mike, the only thing I can say is uh, Vic Woods was a great help to us at first base. He gave us that little extra hunch. Our bench was tremendous. It really helped us because we had fellas like Rosen, Strickland, Avila, and really top flight ball players out of the lineup for two or three weeks at a time. Then our extra pitching. Fellas like Newhouser and those two young boys, Don Morsey and Ray Nolesky, did a tremendous job for us. I think that that was responsible mostly for the success we've had this year. Hey, Leo. That giant ball club, that first game out, it's pretty good. How about your club hopping up there? Well, Frank, they, <coughs> they played wonderful as a team, as you well know, and, and uh, I couldn't put my finger on any one man. Uh, Alvin Dark, naturally, the captain of the club, Willie Mays, were great, Matt Nelly. But I think it was more of a team effort uh, as a unit that did a great job, and uh, naturally, uh, Al sitting alongside of me here, I'm hoping we can continue right on through the series. Well, you know, I get a pleasure out of this because both you fellas played for me, and both... Wonderful team, man. Let's not go back to the top, Frank. Now, that's all you want. Yeah? <laughs> a few years back, I mean, no question, a few great hands. Say, listen, Al, a Gillette Racer. I know you'll enjoy it. In the back of that. Thank you, Frank. That's a very nice racer. Thank you. And Leo? This is my favorite, too. Well, I say, how, how old is that youngster of yours? He's 12, Frank. Look, give him one of those two. He'll be able to shave pretty soon. In the back of that, I know he's going to enjoy that. World Series, the Gillette World Series record book. It's, a, it's got everything in it. It's a terrific book, and a Every little thing in there. It's even got the Flash's name in there. Hey, thanks kindly for being with us. And lots of luck to both of you. And take care of your health. Nice to see you. This is indeed a pleasure. 
I'd like to introduce to you fans the Commissioner of Baseball, Mr. Ford Frick. Yes, and Mr. Warren Giles, the President of uh, the National League. Hi, uh, Frank. And Mr. Will Harridge, President of the American League. Nice to see you, Frank. Mr. Harridge, nice to see you, sir. And uh, the Deputy Assistant, Secretary of Defense, uh, James Mitchell. He's here to make a presentation on behalf of the Armed Forces Radio Services. Mr. Giles, Mr. Harridge, as the representative of Secretary of Defense Charles E. Wilson, it's a real pr privilege to present these certificates of appreciation for your cooperation in making possible the broadcast of major league games to our service men and women overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. The Armed Forces Radio Service has 72 local stations all over the world. They broadcast in addition to sports events, uh, news, uh, shows of various kinds, and you can imagine what it means to these young men and women who are representing America all over the world to be up to date, inning by inning, in Major League Baseball. It's a real pleasure, and I really appreciate your cooperation in making these broadcasts possible. Gentlemen, thank you very much, Mr. Mitchell. I'm very glad to give you these. Thank you, Mr. Mitchell. From the Department of Defense. Thank you, sir. Thank you very kindly, gentlemen. Mr. Frick, if you come over and sit down with me old flash for a few minutes, I'd just like to have a little chat with you, sir. Well, and it's always a pleasure to sit with the Commissioner of Baseball. You've been a wonderful man. You were in the radio business, Mr. Frick, that's all? Well, that's one of the chapters in my past. It's a dark chapter, Frank. And also a newspaper man? Yes. Now, uh, are you neutral in this series? I'm completely neutral up to a point, yes. I hope we have a great series. I hope we don't have any umpire trouble. I hope it doesn't rain. As concerns those things, I'm not neutral. Well, the weather is, it's a beautiful day for a ball game. Is that right? Marvelous. It's a marvelous it's a day. day. And I know no pitcher can complain about a pitching a ball game today of being too hot. Or, or too cold. Or too cold. Oh, indeed. <laughs> what do you think about the attendance? I have a hunch, Frank, that if this, uh, well, however, uh, however long the series goes, that for the number of games it goes, we will break the attendance record. How many? Go ahead, Mr. Kuhn. Well, you see, we have two great parts, and if it, uh, if it only goes, if it should only go four games, I think we would break the attendance record for four games, or five or six, depending on how many we go. Uh, the, the seating capacity at the polo grounds is 55,000, isn't it? Frank, I really don't know. It's right around that yet. And of course, you take out in, in World Series, you take out quite a few seats to take care of radio and, and uh, newspaper men and telegraphers and that sort of thing. We take out probably, oh, six or eight hundred seats. And, uh, oh, there was one question I wanted to ask you, Mr. Commissioner. How about the boy that's going to throw out the first ball today? It's going to be little Jimmy Berendisi, I think his name is, and I'm awful proud to have him. He's the center fielder and the captain of the Little League team that won the World Championship. Oh, that's fine. I hope his arm's in good shape so he, uh, he reaches out to that mound and does a but good job. Big, Frank, but he's still young. You know, they can hook that ball when they're young. How old is he? Well, he can't be more than 12. Oh. But we'll begin to tell you. That's right. And uh, I was up to a little league uh, session the other day. Those kids do a terrific job. They're, they're really wonderful. Now, you have no favorite in this series. No, sir. Commissioner, thanks kindly for being with us. Thank you. And fans, it's time to wind up our clubhouse interviews this afternoon. And we've got to switch you now to the broadcast booth. Commissioner, thanks kindly. Thanks a lot, Frank. And now, fans, this is Jimmy Dudley speaking to you again from the Neutral Radio booth. And today we're all set to bring you the first game of the 1954 World Series. Manager Al Lopez has met with Captain Alvin Doss of the Giants and the umpires at home plate, and here are the lineups for today's ball game. The first game in the 1954 World Series, the 51st World Series, the 14th for the Giants and the 3rd for the Indians. For the Cleveland Indians, 
the visiting club. Leading off in left field, number 32, Al Smith. At second base, Bobby Avila, batting champion of the American League this year. In center field, the Indian spectacular outfielder, Larry Doby. At third base and batting in the cleanup spot, Al Rosen. At first base, Vic Wirtz. In right field, Dave Philly. At shortstop, George Strickland. Catching for the Indians, Jim Hegan. And pitching the first game for the Tribe, the 1954 World Series, is the Indian base right-hander, number 21, Bob Lemon. During the regular season, he won 23 and lost only seven. Appearing in 36 ball games, he held 21 complete games and wound up on an earned run average of 2.69, one of the best in baseball. The lineup for the New York Giants. At first base, leading off is Whitey Lockman. At shortstop, Captain Alvin Dobbs. In right field, Don Mueller. In center field, Willie Mays, the giant spectacular outfielder. At third base, Hank Thompson. In left field, Monty Irvin. At second base, Bobby Williams. Catching for the Giants, Wes Westrom. And pitching the first game for the Giants, Sal Magley. Winner of 14, losing only six during the regular season. This broadcast is authorized under broadcasting rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. Any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the Commissioner is prohibited. Here are the umpires for this afternoon's game. Working back of the plate, from the National League, Violet. At first base, from the American League, Berry. At second base, from the National League, Conlon. And at third base, from the American League, Stevens. The two alternate umpires who will be working the foul line in the first game of the 54 World Series. On the left field foul line will be one of the game's great pitchers of years gone by, Lon Warnicke. And on the right field foul line from the American League, Larry Knapp. And the stage is all set for what promises to be one of the most thrilling World Series in the history of the game. This, as we said a moment ago, is the 51st World Series. Bob Lemon versus Sal Magley. Here at today's ball game is a youngster who is getting perhaps one of the greatest thrills of all time in his life, young life. Jimmy Barberi of Schenectady, the captain of the Schenectady Little Leaguers, world champions in Little League play, threw out the first baseball, and we'll throw it out again as we get ready to go. Now the Giants take the playing field, and that means that action is coming up. Right now, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all America. Miss WGN, your exclusive World Series station in Chicago. And now, fans, with action about ready to get underway, the coaches are taking to the coaches' box on first and third. At first, for the Indians, will be Red Crest. At third base, number 44, Tony Cucinello. And may I take just a second of your time to say that it gives me a great thrill to be working my first. World Series game. A great deal of pleasure to sit up here in the mutual radio broadcast booth. And now with Sal Maggie taking those last few warm-up pitches, it's with a great deal of joy and pride that I turn you over now to Mutual's Man of Sport, the voice that has become familiar to millions of fans everywhere. Big in heart, big in sport, and big in voice. Al Helfer. Well, thank you very much, Jim Dudley. Good afternoon, everybody. And hi, fans all around the country and all around the world this afternoon. We're very happy, too, to have Jim Dudley up here for his first World Series. 
And we're happy, too, to be here on Eastern Seaboard this afternoon to have such beautiful weather. The kind of weather you'd expect for this fall classic. Sal Mackey has been warming up for the past about half hour, and is he on the mound right now, getting ready to make the first pitch here to the first man up for Cleveland, Al Smith, a splendid left fielder. We have a wind very stiffly blowing in from behind left field here this afternoon as bright, brilliant sunlight bays Coogan's bluff. And we expect that the fly balls hitting the right to the right center field will be carried and lofted away by the wind that is coming in right now. Sal Mackey is taking the last of his warm-up pitches, and we'll set the New York Giants for you defensively now. On the mound, Sal Magley, who has won 14 ball games, has lost six this year, has pitched one of the 17 shutouts that have been registered by giant pitching. His battery mate is a very dependable West Western, although a light hitter, a very fine receiver. At first base is Waddy Lockman, the Carolina Comet. At second base, the kid from Dallas, David Williams. At short, the old Bayou Tiger. And at Elvendor, the captain of the ball club. At third base is Hank Thompson, a fine little left fielder, a fine little uh, third baseman, and also a fielder. And now, the ball will be crossed out by Jimmy Barberi. And it is being crossed out, and West Western catches it, goes over Shakespeare's hand, congratulates him on being a fine ball player also, and we are getting ready for the first pitch in the 1954 World Series, the 51st World Series, to go to the board between the American and the National League. Out in left field, Monty Irvin, who made uh, quite a splash by stealing home base in the 1951 World Series. In center field is Willie Mays, the say hey kid. And in right field, a very dependable Don Mueller. As Sal Magley steps up on the rubber, looks down to the right-handed hitter, and takes his side from West Western. Al Bollock behind the plate leads down over the shoulder of West Western to get a look at the first pitch. As Alton is jerking up on the handle of the back steps in, about three-quarters deep at the plate. Magley over his head, down comes the pitch of fastball, which is inside and tight off the letters for ball one. So the 1954 World Series, ladies and gentlemen, is on the fire. West Western down in the crash again, the pump is fine, and Smith stands there and waits. He's batting a 281 on the regular season. Sal Magley in no hurry, and you can't blame him. Goes over his head, pumps, kicks, and throws a curve. Just runs up, left the bunt, takes the pitch low outside, and it's ball two. Two balls and no strikes. The count on the very first hitter up here for Cleveland, bidding to win their third straight World Series. They've won two, as Jimmy Dudley told you, they have lost none. While the Giants have appeared in 13, and they have won four World Series, and have lost nine. Magley delivers a high fastball into the chin. That's ball three. Three balls and no strikes to count here on the Cleveland leadoff man, Al Smith, the left fielder. He'll be backed up by the American League batting champion, Bobby Avila. Time is called for the moment while West Western walks that ball partway back to the mound to Sal Magley. And the barber from Niagara Falls, New York, turns his back on Al Smith, looks to the scoreboard in center field, and then turns around and places the foot up on the rubber, leans forward to take his side. West Western again to pop the middle of the target. Now here's the motion. Up over his head goes Magley, delivers that crooked arm curve, and hits Al Smith right in the middle of the back. So we have the first hit batsman, and Cleveland has their first runner in the 1954 World Series. So coming up to the plate now, batting at 341 on the regular season, Bobby Avila, the captain fly of Veracruz, Mexico. Bobby Avila, who has done just about everything for these amazing Cleveland Indians this year, standing deep at the plate, about three quarters deep, crowds up on it somewhat, hits him right-handed, and holds that bat way down to the knob, despite the fact he's not a very big guy. He's a fine hit-and-run man, particularly when he's on the bases, they'll play hit-and-run. Al Smith leads off it for this Lockman on the inside ball, and Maggie Goodrich a curve, and Avila jumps back from the fast one, fired in at the weight. That's ball one on Bobby Avila. Sal Magley makes the motion he doesn't want to throw that ball anymore, and a new one has gotten out of the pocket of played umpire Al Barth. As Jimmy told you, the umpire is here this afternoon, Al Barth of the National League working behind the plate. And we have, at first, Charlie Berry. Jocko Conlon of the National League at second, Johnny Stevens at third, 
both Barrington Stevens of the American League. Warnicky and Mapper on the foul lines. One Warnicky down the left field line. He's at the National League. And the right field line, we have Larry Knapp. Down the bullpen, we have a left-hander warming up now for the New York Giants, Ron Little. Just in case Tom Magley should uh, be having a little trouble with his control. But there's one thing we can tell you. Magley usually starts shakily like this and settles down. The pitch to the plate now to Avila is a fastball over her strike. One ball and one strike now. The count on Bobby Avila, hitting number two in the Cleveland order. He'll be followed by Larry Doby. Doby, who has posted quite a year with the Cleveland Indians. He's been the RBI leader, their home run leader. He's played a lot of fine defensive center field. But right now, we're centering our attention on Bobby Avila at the plate. The pitch to him is a curveball. Swing on by Avila. And that's out of the right center field. It's in there for the base hit. There goes Smith down to second base. He's going to hold on. No, he's not. He's going to keep on going as Mueller bottles the ball. Fires in quickly to third base. Well, we'll get the official ruling on that for you in a moment. It may be a hit and an error. We'll know in a moment as Ed McCauley, Ronnie Kumiko, and Harry Jones are discussing. It'll be a single to right center field for Bobby Avila. And an error will be charged to... John Mueller, the on-charging right fielder who tried to field that ball and get it in quickly. And the error, of course, allowing Al Smith to move around to third base. So there is the first error of the 1954 World Series, charged to right fielder Don Mueller. So we have runners at first and third now for the Cleveland Indians. Nobody out, top of the first inning. Larry Doby, who on the regular season batted 272, is coming up. He's a left-hand hitter, crowds in on the plate, holds that bat way down with the knob and bats him across. Into a playing double play, depth as the pitch is made to the plate. Doby takes the fastball outside and high, just about at shoulder level for ball one. Tom Hadley in trouble, grabs that rosin bag, he slams it down on the ground, turns around, shakes his head. He just sort of feel how Sal at this particular time might feel. Runners at first and third. His back is up against the wall, and he's in the World Series of 1954. And he knows the chips are down, and they're big, and they're blue. The outfield playing just about straight away for Doby, slightly shaded around the right, particularly Don Mueller playing a deep right center. Down comes the pitch of fastball. Doby after hits a high pop up off the third baseline. Hank Thompson over near the stands. Can he get it? I believe so. He's under it and does make the catch for the first out in the runner's hole. But Larry Doby fouls up and out. Now one out here in the top half of the first inning as Al Rosen comes up to the plate. Here's a guy who's always dangerous. Al Rosen's the kind of guy that will give you all the competition in the world. Al Rosen, batting at a flat 300 for the season, has driven in 102 Cleveland runs in the regular American League race and has hit 24 home runs. And he played a greater portion of the season with a bad hand and bad finger. Al Rosen, coming up to the plate right now, hitting in the number four position. Boy born in Spartansburg, South Carolina, now makes his home in Cleveland, Ohio. Chokes up someone on the handle of the bat stands deep of an overly close stance. Al Smith leading down off third. Bobby Avila off first. Second is open. Double play depth on the giant infield. The pitch is made. Swing on. There's a high pop-up. This one coming down to Waddy Lockman at first base. He's under it. Waiting for it. He's got it. The Rosen pops up and out to first base from Waddy Lockman. And now it's going to take more than that sacrifice fly to get the runner in from third base. The break is nothing, nothing high. The Cleveland Indians started off right away by threatening. Al Smith was hit by the pitch. Then went down to second base on Bobby Avila's Dunked single in the right center field, and the overcharge by the right fielder Don Mueller. He tried to field that ball before he really had it. Tried to fire it over to third base to make sure that Al Smith didn't get there, but in his excitement and in his hurry, he dropped the ball, and an error was charged against him. So here's Vic Wirtz up at the plate now, batting at 256. He's been a powerhouse guy. Hit for left-handed. Sal drives the fastball on him, and misses with a shoulder high outside for ball one. Outfield fan around the right, playing deep, the right side of the infield deep, particularly Davey Williams in the hole between first and 
second. He's back on the room of the outfield grass. Lockman holding the runner of the left first. The pitch is made. Wood swings. There's a long drive. Even the right field. Von Muir has to hurry. He's down back. He can't get it. He's up against the wall in the right center field. In comes Smith to score. Bobby Adair is right behind him. There goes Dick Woods. He's going to try for three. The relay by Williams is not in time. As the drive by Victor Woods gets him in the third of a triple. The triple off the right center field wall, deep back by the giant bullpen. And there is the second hit to be given up by Sal Magley here, and runs one and two. And the Cleveland Indians are leading here in the top half of the first inning by the score of two to nothing. Dave Philly coming up now. He's a switch hitter. Dave Philly batting number six in the Cleveland order. From Garrett Smith, Texas, now lives in Paris, Texas. There's a guy that's meant an awful lot to the Cleveland Indians this year by his play out in right field. Maggie throws him the curveball, and it's high outside for ball one. Victor Wirtz, who was well over to the Cleveland Indians after the start of the season. He came to the Baltimore Orioles, who seemed to rejuvenate Victor Wirtz and give him new life. And New York, Pennsylvania boy has just paid off here in the World Series with a triple to score two runs for Cleveland. Maggie delivers a curveball to the plate, Philly slides in, doesn't offer, takes it high, and that's ball two. Two to nothing, favorite Cleveland here in the top half of the first inning. Two down, one on. John Magley in trouble. Delivers a big curveball. Wolf swings on. There's a high fly ball to deep right field. Going over to his right, getting under now. John Mueller back to the cinder track. He makes it for the third and final out here in the first half of inning number one. So for the Cleveland Indians, they cash in with a pair of runs here in the top half of the first inning. Two runs on two base hits. There was one error charged to the Giants, and there was one Cleveland runner left off. So the score at the end of the top half of the first inning is Cleveland 2 and the New York Giants nothing. But here it is, fans, the 1954 World Series. And to help you get the most out of every critical play in these history-making games, Gillette offers the World Series record book. This handy new 112-page book gives you the scores of every past World Series game, the record of every player... Diagrams of all big league parts, basic rules, scoring instructions, a dictionary of baseball slang, and a wealth of other important baseball facts. So for baseball study, and to get more fun out of these series games, have a copy of Gillette's World Series book. Here's all you do. Just treat yourself to an easy shaving Gillette Super Speed Laser set, including blue blade dispenser and travel case, at the regular price, $1. The record book is attached, and it's free. Right back at the business in hand here at the Polo Grounds in New York City as we move into the last half of the first inning of the first game of the 1954 World Series. The leadoff man for the New York Giants will be Waddy Lockman, their spectacular first baseman. He'll be followed by Alvin Dark, a great competitor at shortstop and captain and field leader of the ball club. Then will come Don Mueller in right field. If anyone else is needed in the inning, the National League batting champion, say hey, Willie Mays, the center fielder, will be up there swinging lumber. Bob Lemon. From Long Beach, California, who appeared in 36 games this year for the American League champion, with an earned run average, as Jimmy Dudley told you, of 2.69, is coming out there to do the pitching now for Cleveland. His battery mate, the very dependable Jim Hegan behind the plate. At first base, Victor Wirtz, who has turned this ball game upside down so far, with his triple that scored two runs for Cleveland in the top of the first. Bobby Adela will be at second. That shot's up George Strickland, and at third base is Al Rose. In the outfield, we have Smith in left. We'll be in center, and we'll get 
Right field in a moment. As Buddy Lockman comes up there, both first pitch pass to mind. Bobby Adina comes in, picks up, shovels over to Victor Worth in time. And that's all for Whitey Lockman, who drives the Bunny's way on in the top half, the last half of the inning. See down there in front of the dugout, Leo DeRoche is walking back and forth. He's talking to his boys. Well, he played a lot of these World Series games. And would you like to know how he made out? Well, the fact in the Gillette World Series record book, Leo himself says that Gillette book sure gives you baseball savvy, and it's free with the purchase of a one-piece Gillette razor at the regular price. Alvin Dark, coming up there now. One out. Nobody on here in the last half of the first inning. Alvin Dark hitting right hand. Batted 293 in the regular season. Bob Lemon, 23-game winner for the Indians, delivers a curveball that misses inside and tight for ball one. The right field of this afternoon for the Cleveland Indians, and I don't believe we got to him defensively, is Dave Phillips. So it's up everyone for you now defensively. As Bob Lemon, chewing gum out there a mile a minute, delivers a fastball that's low and outside to a right-hand hitter. Alvin starts count quickly now in two balls and no strike. One out, last half of the first. The Giants behind as Cleveland has scored twice in their top half of the first inning to lead two to nothing. So as the boys with Craig would say, they lost a little time in getting to it. Lemon ready, delivers 2-0. Oh. A fast curve snaps off low and outside, and Bob will throw you all that sinker stuff. He throws a pretty good slider, and his fastball will hop if it wasn't good. Freddie Fitzsimmons, coaching at first for the Giants, at third is Herman Frank. There's the fastball, laid through but low. That's ball four, and Alvin Dark, a 293 hitter, has walked here in the last half of first inning. So there's the first base on balls, given up by Bob Lemon. He walked only 93 during the entire year. Ron Mueller finished very high in the National League batting race for the crown. He hit 342 behind his uh, teammate, Willie Mays, who led the National League with 345. Ron Mueller hitting left-handed. He's not a long ball hitter, but does a lot of punching. He chokes up well on the handle, feet wide, spread apart, but stands deep to the plate. Infield on the left side up, expecting the bunch of pitches made to the plate. Low and inside, right down across the shin. That's ball one. Lafayette is playing sand around the right and not too deep. Bobby Avila in the hall at second base is playing deep, but not back as far as the room of the outfield grass. Victor West, the Cleveland first baseman, holds Alvin Goss at first base. Alvin has a slight lead. Playing a shallow third is Rose. He's up almost in the room of the infield grass, expecting that uh, Don Mueller might be trying to drop one down the third base line, thereby get on. But Mueller right now represents the trying run at the plate for the New York Giants. Two to nothing, Cleveland. Lemon is ready. Delivers. There's a fastball. Swing on. Hit out into right field. It's going to be in there for a base hit. Bouncing up against the wall. Philly plays it. Mueller holds it. First base. The full comes in. Alvin Dock legs to third. So Bob Lemon, who gave up 228 hits in the regular American League stages, given up his first World Series base for Orna puts him in trouble. As the Giants with one down now have the time runs on. Runners at first and third. Back um, in the World Series of 1948, Bob Lemon had an earned run average of 1.65. Here is Willie May. Here's the guy that a lot of the people here this afternoon have come to see. Willie May is batting at 345, the National League batting champion, a right-hand hitter. Feet wide spread apart. Lemon tries to curve and makes it after it and pops it up out into the very short center field. Going back for the shortstop stripling, he's under it and makes the catch behind center, or behind second in center, and the runners hold on. So May popped out on his first attempt here this afternoon to the shortstop, George Griffin. Hank Thompson has been a surprise for the New York Giants playing defensively at third base. He used to be a coach hitter, now exclusively a left-hand batter. Hank Thompson batting a 2-6-3 on the regular season. 
He suffered somewhat this year by injuries, but uh, was able to be in the lineup when Leo DeRosa needed him most. A short battery conference between Jim Higgin and pitcher Bob Lemon has broken up now, and Jim Higgin comes stomping back behind the plate. We're in the last half of the first inning of the 1954 World Series. The Cleveland Indians are leading two to nothing over the New York Giants, with the Giants having a time run drawn. A third, Alvin Dock, and a first is John Miller. Second is open. Al Rosen playing a shallow third base just off the line and uh, just off the third base bag, holding Alvin Dock as close as possible. Lemon delivers to this left-hand hitter. Thompson takes high, and that's ball one. The outfield is standing around the right and playing deep because Thompson will hit that long ball for you, particularly here at the Polo Grounds. He has hit 26 home runs in the course of the regular season. Lemon leaning forward, takes his sign, goes to the top of the set, comes down, hesitates, deals off the curve, is low and under the knees on the inside for ball two. Two balls, two strikes. Last half of any number one. A goodly crowd has come out here to see this one. All the experts have said this points to be one of the great World Series of our time. And well, we can believe it. When you look down the records of the two ball clubs, they seem to be pretty evenly matched. And they're certainly no strangers to each other. They have uh, played plenty of exhibition games in spring training coming over for the regular season prior to his start. Lemon ready now delivers to Thompson. He takes a hit and swing, holds back, and takes the pitch outside for ball three. Lemon will throw a left-hand batter. A lot of that sliding stuff and a lot of that pink ball. The guy is throwing nothing on Thompson. Runners at first and third. Second is open. There are two down. He scores Cleveland two and the Giants nothing. It's just the point. A fastball to Thompson is called through one of the letters for the first called strike. Three and one. The side on third baseman, Henry Thompson. Thompson levels that bat off as he stands deep in the plate to see the wide spread apart. Coming ready, where's that delivered fastball? Come on, a missed first strike. Well, Thompson was after that one. That runs his count to three and two. Here's a boy who first saw the light of day in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Now makes his home in New York City. First came up with, for an opportunity in the majors with the St. Louis Browns. We were then in the American League. Now it's there. In comes the pitch. Thompson swings down from the slow roller. Back to first place. Up of his victory work. Steps on first and the inning So that's all here in the last half of the first inning for the Giants. They threatened to get no farther than that. No runs. There was one base hit. Two men on and there were no Cleveland errors. Well, the bad end of the first inning still remains as we have the soldier Cleveland leading by the two runs. And Al Rosen, playing down there at third base, certainly has uh, been a bulwark on this ball club for the Cleveland Indians. His fighting spirit has meant an awful lot. And Al Rosen wound up the season, as I told you a moment ago, with an even 300 batting average despite the injuries he too had. He's a mighty solid ball player, everybody. One of the best-looking guys you see anywhere in one of the nights. You can take it for real when he says, from time to time I've tried a lot of races, so I'm talking from experience when I say the one piece you left is the only way that it comes through on the two most important times. The shades look good, and they feel good. Now, that's from our Now, don't you think... See the one piece of that is? It's the second inning here at the Polo Grounds in New York City. The Cleveland Indians leading to the nothing. And coming up now is the petty pride of New Orleans, Louisiana, George Strickland, a very fine feeling shortstop. A little like with the wood, he's batting a 213 on the regular season, but George was after about six weeks with a broken jaw. 
course, that uh, could uh, have raised his batting average had he played during that time or could have lowered it. It all depends on uh, the face of baseball. The George Strickland calls on the right-hand hitter. I certainly uh, passed up that infield for Cleveland this year. Tom Maggie makes the first pitch for him and fires a fastball outside and half a ball one. George Strickland has given him 37 runs over the period of the regular season and hit six home runs in a rather curtailed season for himself in having been out with that broken jaw. A curveball is quickly mistaken, and it's over to me for a called strike. One ball and one strike. Cleveland, having scored three runs in the top half of the first inning, are leading in the ball game by that margin. Cleveland up and over the ground. Now delivers again. There's a crooked arm curveball. Cleveland trying to bunt it, fouls it back to the screen. The hit count moves to one ball two strikes. It's the last third of the Cleveland batting order here in the top half of the second inning. Strickland will be followed by Hegan and then by that good hitting pitcher Bob Lemon. Lopez is facing back and forth from the steps of the dugout. Holy boy, silly boy, just like a kid grind down there. Sal Magley, settling down his pass now to pitch to Strickland, fires away one and two to curveball, swing and a miss for cut three. So there's the first strikeout. Of the 1954 World Series, Stepped up by Sal Maggie. Back in the 1948 World Series, Jim Higgins hit 211. Now, you can find that record of Jim Higgins in the Gillette World Series record book. Well, that's a handy book to have around. You'll uh, you get a lot of kick out of it, I know. And Jim Higgins on the regular season this year hit 234. So he's standing in right now. Sal Maggie, ready to go. He's gotten one man here in the top half. On the second inning, struck him out. Delivers a curve to Higgins' flown outside. One ball, no strike. First, as far as strikeouts are concerned, by the various pitches in World Series play, you two can find that in the Gillette World Series record book. Got a lot of facts and figures and information. Maggie's fastball is swung on by Higgins and popped up right back off the mound, coming in fast forward to third base from Thompson, under the step into the sun, and then makes the pass. So that's all for Higgins. We have three outs now, and across the second inning, Bob Lemon. Coming up to the plate. Bob Lemon moving in. Bob has been left-handed. That's the fact he's a right-hand pitcher. He's been used on many occasions at Cleveland as a pink batter. Magnus tries his curve on him and misses with it high and outside for ball one. Red Crest down behind first base, coaching there for the Cleveland Indians, who's been in Holland. Wants Bob to get on. Down comes the pitch to him. There's that curveball by Maggie Lowe. That's all two. Hank Johnson playing shallow third. Right side of the infield playing very deep as David Williams has wandered back on the grass in uh, right field. Now he comes up to play in the room of the outfield grass. Lockman playing back just about as deep. Hold close to the line. Pitch to Lemon. A short curve. A tantalizing curve over for a ball step. Two balls, one strike on Bob Lemon. The way of number 21, standing at the plate right now. Tom Adley, right foot forward, leads forward from the mound, takes his time from Weston. Hunt, kicks and throws. Another curveball, this one swung on by Lemon and beaten down into the ground foul. Two balls, three strikes on Bob Lemon. Two down, nobody on, top of the second inning. The Cleveland Indians out in front, two to nothing. They she tuned in with the plate, they scored their two runs in the top half of the first inning. One after Smith was hit by a pitch ball, and the dealer singled him around. The second, a bottle in the outfield allowed Smith to keep on going and move to third. 
Dick was snippled in the right center to drive in the pass. Now the pitch to take the lemon to fastball that misses outside for ball three. Three balls and two strikes to count on Bob Lemon. Bob turns around, says something to Weston, they both game. Al Barlick, the National League, the National League is the third umpire here in this one. He's leaning down over the shoulder of Weston to take a look at the next pitch. Then it comes, high and outside for ball four. So there's the first base on balls given up by Magley. We walked 70 over the course of the regular season. Bob Lemon, the guy who wanted to get it off by the walk, and now the leadoffer, Smith, comes up to the plate. It is he was crunched in the middle of the bat by a fixed ball in the first inning. Sort of sets uh, Magley off to a lovely start. Roll number 35 down there usually uh, warms his pass, and he's been doing it so far. Just in here in the second inning, struck out. He can uh, pop out to third base behind Thompson. Lemon is now on the first base, having been walked. And here is Smith, the pitch hitter, coming in. This guy can really throw that ball from the outfield, too, this guy's Smith. Maggie tries his curve, and misses with it low, and just outside. One ball, no strike. Back of the second inning. First game of the 1954 World Series from the Polo Grounds in New York City. We'll be back right here again tomorrow for the playing of the second inning. Maggie, second. For the time, looks over first base, watches Lemon take his lead, now he's ready. Delivers a plate of curve and just takes a nice one through there to waste first strike. One ball, one strike. Williams has played a couple of steps over closer to second, he's playing uh, rather deep behind second. He's also playing just about straight away to Smith. He can hit the long ball for you, he's pounded 11 home runs over the season. Nugget settles down, delivers to him, an overhand curve that misses just outside and low. Two balls, one strike. Six umpires, six men in blue, watching the progress of this ball game. Every one of them a fine umpire. We've seen him work many times over the course of the year. Now get ready. Fires the pitch to pitch. Come on, there's a bounding ball hit foul up the third base line. Just right over near the crowd, right past the third base coach, Tony Cicinello. He's a fine ball player in his day, too, that Cicinello. A fine guy, too. Just he and his Fred Cross, they're the two fellows that really have Fred Cross is the Cleveland coach at first base. This is where we'll send off after Fred Cross. He was here with the Giants, I remember, in 1945 as a coach. Now they keep it delivered by Maggie. Down comes that pitch. Press ball, swung on, hit foul, right back to the screen. That's going up on top of the press section. And it's loaded here this afternoon. They've got more people covering this ball game this afternoon, and you can check the stick out. I think we're very happy to know that uh, the ball game is going around the world, all over the world. Almost every available radio station is hooked in this afternoon to the direct cavalcade of sports broadcast. Now, Maggie's ready. Here's the TT delivery. Another hand curve. He's going outside. Missed for ball three. One of the big factors in carrying this ball game around the world, of course, has been the Armed Forces radio station. And they hooked on with it again today. I think there's going to be some activity down in the giant bullpen. This is where Don Little is going to get up again. He's got to throw. Don Little, the left-hander. Now the three feet puts the plate. In the crowd, two and a miss to set three. They've got him on a low curveball. Just about to leave. Well, that's the second strike out here. As far as uh, Maggie is concerned, and here in the second inning, no runs. One of those puts the three in. Lemon is walked. He's left at first. There were no errors. So, no runs, no hits, no errors. One man left on. And at the end of one and a half innings of play, the score is Cleveland to the New York Giants. Nothing. Oops,
Carver Williams, who on the regular season batted 222. Right hand hitter takes the fastball, pours through by Lemon for a called strike, just right off the belt buckle on the inside strike. This is the guy the Cleveland Indians had a whale of a lot of trouble getting out in the spring exhibition game. He liked to wear the Cleveland pitching out. Pitcher in the corner on there's a bounding ball hit the third. Rosen on one half is up with a close first base to the court in time, and Davey Williams is out number two. So if they third, the first five to three uh, ground out, if he's going with this afternoon. Jeff Gessman, a 187 hitter over the course of the regular season, is coming on to face this 23 game winner, Bob Lemon. Bob has been deadly chosen on 23 ball games and lost seven. Of the 12 shutouts that Cleveland Indians got from this year, Bob Lemon counted the two of them. Bob out there on the mound right now, ready to pitch to West Western. West Western powerful hitter, good set of bricks. Kind of guy that gives you the long ball quite often. He either hits him a country mile or he doesn't hit him at all. And he'll poke the long ball into the stand for you. He's hit eight home runs this year. Lemon's fastball is low and outside for ball one to Weston. Herman Franks putting on the signs down behind third. He's relaying from the bench from Leo DeRosa. Weston checks with him and steps back in as Lemon comes down with the next pitch curveball. And there's an unintentional foul back as Weston tried to check his swing, but the ball hit the bat and went back anyway. So that'll run his count to one and one. In the 1951 World Series, West Western hit 235. Now we're ready for the next pitch on West. One one delivery is a fastball outside. Two balls, one strike. Bob Lemon. Going to pitching here this afternoon for Cleveland. Has gotten past two men here in the second inning. Places are empty. Delivers. Western clean take one shot. Hit right past third. Down into the corner. West Western is going to first base. Six turns in the left and inside and holds on. Just coming up nicely with him left field. That will be filled back in to the first back sitting. Now Western. Cleveland here in the second inning with two down. That's the number two of Lemon. Here's Tom Agnes coming up. Weston hit that ball so hard, so rapidly down the left field line, he kicked off the left field wall. He had no chance to try to make two out of it. The ball was in the hands of Smith, and he told you Smith had a very fine arm, and he yielded him to pick the Weston had to hold the first. The first pitch to Tom Hacker was low curveball, and he felt the ball for a pass to check his swing, but he threw much around on it, so it fell against him. Right on the count are Mugger. Not only right hand hit a big wide spread of pass. Let me check. Deliveries. And it's very up above the peak of the trap. The ball one. Lemon almost had that ball get away from him. He doesn't want to use it anymore and passes it back to uh, Higgins. Now Barley takes a look at it and says I'm past it here. Let's use it. Well, the ball is fired to the mound of Lemon. He wanders around out there. Sounds it around and sounds it his hand. Rest in the base runner to the ground. Kind of first place. Here in the last half of the second inning, he's two down. And it's there for nothing in favor of Cleveland. Tom Ogley up at the place with the kind of end ball in the set. And in the round, hitting the ground quarter. Now Lemon is ready to pitch there. Down it comes. Muggy takes low and outside. That's all three. Victor Wake is holding West Western on. West isn't very much of a threat to go uh, down the second base in the big hill. He's rather a lumbering guy anyway. But Wake can pick him up and lay him down. Surprise you well. Wake is back right back to his feeling back. Ogley, back to the fastball and takes it to the knees. It's passing. It's in good stuff. 
ที่เราที่จะจะมาเรียนที่เราที่เราเห็นสักหนึ่งแล้วมันจะเป็นสิ่งที่เราเห็นเพื่อสร้างมันเพื่อสร้างเรียนเพื่อพอสร้างมาเรียนเพื่อสร้างเรียนสักหนึ่งไอ้สิ่งที่เราเห็นในชีวิตของเราที่เราสร้างมาเรียนเพื่อสร้างเรียนสักหนึ่งแล้วมันจะเป็นสิ่งที่เราเห็นไอ้ก็คือเนี่ยเนี่ยอันที่ว่าคนใดก็ต้องการทักทายเงินเดือนละพันเดือนเพราะนั้นเราจะมีการเงินเดือนละพันเดือนเพราะนั้นเราจะม
Left foot forward to it and over the coastline. Takes the curveball as he backs off and couldn't have good at the knees for a strike. Two down, nobody on, top of the third inning. Tom Mackey apparently getting uh, loose longer as he goes along. Delivers the curve and Rosen swings and doubles one up the third baseline foul. Rosen's count stuck to. Tony Cuccinello retrieving that ball and firing it in. Rosen picks it up off the ground, hands it to Al Barlick, and he tosses it out. Maggie with a new apple out there on the mound, has it rubbed and ready. Outfield band around the left and playing deep for Rosen. Rosen hit that long one for him. 24 home runs he's hoped this year. Swings on a fastball, fast curve, and hits the foul off of the right of the plate. Down holding on him, strike two. A ball, two strikes. Two down, top of the third, no base running. Magley works. A curve, swung on, and hit this to shortstop. Alvin Dark off to his right, up of it. Hurries, he's going to first base in time, and that is all for Rosen. Nice play by Alvin Dark. Well, three up and three down here in the top half of the third inning, and for the first time, the Cleveland Indians go down in one, two, three order with nothing across. And the score at the end of two and a half innings of play, Cleveland two, and the New York Giants nothing. Well, I've got a hunch that you fans would like to hear from Dodger softball rookie Carl Spooner, who crashed through with two National League records in his first two Major League games. He took two consecutive shutouts and struck out 27 men. He's right here with me now. Carl, how did it feel to mow down 15 of those champion giants the first time out? Well, it sure was a big day for me, Al. And now tell them how you feel about a shaving cream shave with the Gillette Super Speed Razor. That gives me a great lift, too, Al. A fresh, clean shave does it for me. Well, thank you very much, Carl Sturler. That's the Gillette Super Speed Razor he uses. A mighty big package of shaving comfort for just one dollar. The Gillette World Series record book is attached, and it's free. So let me go into the last half of the third inning here with the leadoff man coming up for the New York Giants, Whitey Luckman. Whitey Luckman stepping in here for his second at-bat of the afternoon. He came up in the first inning and tried to bunt his way on, a surprise play, as it was figured to be, and uh, was thrown out by second baseman Bobby Avila, who came in with a barehanded play, fielded and fired the first and trying to get him. So it's the last half of the third inning with the Giants trailing here by the score two to nothing. And Jimmy Dudley, we've seen some uh, pretty good baseball so far, well, haven't we? You're absolutely right, Al, and it's going to boil down to just what the experts said, a real pitches battle all the way in just about every game. Well, we have a couple of veterans blown out of out here this afternoon that are well-respected in their respective leagues. Well, let's see what happens here in the last half of the third inning. Bob Lemon, 23-game winner for Cleveland, takes the mound to pitch to Waddy Lockton, left-handed hitting first baseman of the Giants. This time, Whitey takes the pitch, and it's low and outside for ball one. Whitey gave no indication to what he was going to do that time. Outfield fan around the right, playing rather deep for Whitey, particularly silly in right field. Lemon comes in with an overhand fastball. It's low. It's ball two. Whitey Lockman from Lowell, North Carolina, now lives in Matthews, North Carolina. Then in set, California right-handed deliveries, an overhand fastball, a third right through at the knees for a called step. Two and one on Waddy Lockman. Last half the third inning here at the Polo Grounds, New York City. Very ideal day for the fall classic. Shakes Lee Weather. An overhand curve for Lockman. In the nice paper called strike two. Waddy was going to swing at that one and changed his mind at the last minute. 
Lemon, who is an actor with that curveball and that sinker. Also the sweater. Then he's been pitching a fine ball game here today, so far. Throws a curve, and what he swings on there is a line shot hitting the right field, dropped in for the base, hit in front of Philly. And Lockman here in the third, leads off with a single to right. And now here comes Alvin Dodd. That's hit number three off Bob Lemon. Hit number five in the game as the Cleveland Indians off Mackley, who got off to a shaky start, got a pair in the first inning, a single and a triple. Just uh, having had one man hit by the pitch, back in the pair runs in, worth tripling them in. Now the Giants are trying to battle their way back here in the last half of the third inning. Lennon with the chips down, leans forward, takes the sign. Alvin Dark, who walked in the first inning, still uh, with his free game batting percentage of 293. Takes a curve low for ball one. The percentages we're uh, giving you are the percentages over the regular season. Now, back in the 1951 World Series, you'll find in the World Series record, the World Series record book, Alvin Dark hit 292. Bob Lemon is set now. Check his runner first. Good as the plate. There is the fastball low. Two balls, no strikes. The count on Alvin Dark. Attention starts to come out a little higher here, particularly among the fans who are anticipating perhaps the Giants rally. We must further state that the Giants won of this World Series as the underdog. Most of the experts just picked Cleveland to win the classic. Uh, of course, all of that remains to be seen. As long as the guy up and up there swing, he's dangerous. Take the swing on by Doc. There's a shot on the ball foul off the third base line. Two balls, one strike on Alvin Dark. Giants have one man on here in the last half of third. That's Waddy Lockman. He rightfully went into right field for a single. He's the base runner. Freddie Fitzsimmons coaching there. And the umpire watching the play at first base is Charlie Berry. Charlie Berry, former major leaguer himself, football star, an official, coach, and now a very fine umpire. Bob Lemon leans forward, takes the sign from Higgins, checks his runner back over his shoulder. Wheels the pitch into the plate, fastball swung on the dock, and fouled right up over our microphone. Two balls and two strikes. The count on Alvin Dark. Few balls goes in play now. Bob Lemon standing out at the mound, looks around, checks his outfield. Busy rubbing this ball up so he can uh, work the dark. One man on for the Giants here in the last of the third. There are no outs. Whitey Lockman led off with a single right. Richard Wirtz isn't holding him too tight. He's a couple steps back at his fielding depth. Now the pitch. Dark swings on a low curveball and just does hit the foul. Down holds the two balls, two strikes now. We'll watch Whitey Lockman. He may be gone. He's always a threat to uh, charge down the base pass. The Giants, you know, in the regular season... Stole 29 bases. The Cleveland Indians stole 30. So there's uh, a pretty good comparison of how these two ball clubs win. Now we're set for the pitch on Alvin Dodd. Lockman stole only one base during the regular season. Credited with one steal. Fastball swung on by Dodd. There's a high pop up off the first baseline going back near the stands in foul territories into the stands and out of play. Two balls, two strikes. That's down on Alvin Dock as he comes back, picks up that brown Betsy of his, and gets ready to go to work again. So in this ball game, holding right on, a 2-0 favor of Cleveland. 
They've made it hold up since the first inning with the Giants here in the third of threatening with Waddy Lockman at first. The Giants have stranded three so far in the ball game. Now we're set. Down comes the pitch. Low and outside. Waddy Lockman bluffed going to the second base. Jim Higgins looked up to see if he was on the move. But Waddy pulled him. He stayed right at first. Three two count now on Alvin Dark. Now let's see what Waddy Lockman's going to be doing. He'll probably be off and moving with the plate with motion of Bob Lemon's right arm. We'll keep a tab on him for you to see if he's going to be galloping. Alvin Dark. Pretty good hit and run man up at the plate. He can hit behind that runner pretty well. Lockman takes his lead. 3-2 pitch. Yep, there goes Lockman. Pitch is swung on. And hit back to the middle. And he's going to field for a base hit. Waddy Lockman keeps on galloping. Derby picks up, throws into second. We have runners at first and third. Just got through telling you that Alvin Dark was a pretty good hit and run man. And he comes through on the 3-2 count. Slams one into center field, and now the Indian infield will probably draw up tight. We'll see. Runners are first and third. The tying runs are on for the Giants here in the last half of this third inning. Nobody out. Rosen comes in to play a shallow third base, just off third, holding Waddy Lockman close. The second base combination of Avila and Strickland go to double play depth. Works holds the runner Alvin Dark at first base. Up at the plate is Don Mueller. The pitch to Don is a fastball under the knee. Down in the bullpen for Cleveland, Art Houderman gets up and starts to throw. Don Mueller, who singled the right field in the first inning, would very much now like to atone for the error he committed in the very first inning, allowing our runner to go from second to third. An overhand curveball swung on by Don, hit down to second base. Avila up with it and goes back to Strickland at second for the out as the run comes in to score. There's no throw to first. So Don Mueller gets credit for batting in the first run of the ball game, comes in on the force out of Alvin Dark, the play going from Bobby Avila to second baseman to George Strickland at second base. There's no throw on the first. So it's now a two-to-one ball game. Give Don Mueller credit for batting in the run. He wrapped in 70 over the course of the regular season. So all the time run remains on as manager Al Lopez comes out to have a word or two with his uh, pitcher, Bob Lemon. Hagan is going over to talk with him now. But one away, the Giants have a tying run on at first base, and Willie Mays, the National League batting champion, is coming up. Mays, who in the first inning popped up and out to the shortstop, George Strickland. So it uh, could be tightened right down here in the last half of the third inning, or Cleveland could hold the lead they now possess of one run. Hello, Pez, asking instructions from Al Barlick, the umpire. They're discussing some rule or other. Now, Al Lopez, very much satisfied with the explanation of uh, the entire affair, turns and goes off to the Cleveland dugout. Art Holloman continues to throw down in the Cleveland bullpen, strong on right-hander. Now, uh, Willie Mays coming up to the plate, hitting right-handed. He's over one today. Third ball thrown into the dirt on the outside to Willie for ball one. Don Mueller, who is much faster on the base pass than you think, is leading off at first, and Dick Wirtz is holding the inside corner on him. Freddie Fitzsimmons coaching Don Mueller off. Lemon into his position now. Checks his runner at first. Delivers the plate. Low and outside to Willie Mays. The ball two. Very unfortunately for uh, Don Mueller, 1951, a broken leg, kept him from participating in the World Series. However, uh, he's getting his opportunity in playing in this one. He leads off at first now. The pitch plate is made. Mays jumps back from one at the knees inside for ball three. 
You never know. As you see, the pitcher spin one down. From the rubber, the home plate, whether it might be the deciding pitch in the ball game. Sometimes when you go back over to retrospect, that happens to be the pitch, and you didn't realize it. Curveball is low and outside the maze for ball four. Well, maze walks. That's the second base on ball surrendered by Lemon. Now the tying run. And Mueller has been pushed on down to second. Now the batter is Hank Thompson. Third baseman Hank Thompson ended the inning in the first by rolling wide at first base, and Victor Wirtz gobbled it up. Reached over, stepped on first, and the inning was over as far as the Giants were concerned. They had a pretty good threat going at the time. So here's Thompson moving in again, hitting left-handed. Stands deep, feet wide, spread apart. George Strickland, in to say a word to uh, pitcher Bob Lemon, turns and trots back to his shortstop position. We've got a 2-1 ball game going here now. In the last half of third inning, Giants trying run at second. In Don Mueller. Throws and playing a shallow third to this left-hand hitter. And the first pitch comes in. Thompson takes it low inside for ball one. Down in the bullpen, Art Hotterman continues to throw even harder. Get ready, just in case Bob Lemon should falter here. And what looks at this moment to be a rather important third inning, as far as the Giants are concerned. Lemon gets set. Delivers a fastball. Thompson swings and doesn't get it. This Bob Lemon is the kind of guy who isn't afraid to come in with a pitch he believes to be best in the clutch. He's a very fine competitor. This whole Cleveland ball club this year sort of cut fire. They've been fine competitors over the entire route. Lemon is ready now. Delivers Thompson takes a lot of curve inside. Well, let's see. That'll be two balls, one strike. On Hank Thompson, one out for the Giants here in the last half of the uh, last half of the third. They scored one time, and it's two to one in favor of Cleveland. Lemon out there, bone his neck, trying to hold the one-run advantage. His mates have given him. Don Mueller, representing the tying run for the Giants, leads down off second. Willie Mays, who can fly, usually runs off from under his cap, leading off at first. Hits the plate. Thompson swung on. There's a bounding ball hit the right field for a base hit. Here comes Don Mueller. The throw is to try to cut Willie Mays off at third. He slides over there, and he's there safely. The ball game's tied up. Lemon gives up hook number five, a single to right field to Hank Thompson. Hank drives in the second giant run. Willie May, sweeping right out from under his cap, made it to third, beat Philly slow. And of course, the run coming in from second, carried by Don Mueller, scores easily to lock it all up. And here's Monty Irvin with one out, runners at first and third, up at the plate. Lemon curves him. Monty takes the pitch outside and low. He started to go for it, checked himself in time, take ball one. Monty Irvin started the second inning for the Giants by fouling up and out to catch Jim Higgins. So we've got a brand new ball game right here at the Polo Ground. John threatening to break the tie with Willie Mays on the third base. Pitch the plate to Monty Irvin. The fastball fired through under the letters. Good for strike. Ground is one and one. Bob Lemon in trouble. No one knows it any better than Bob does. Texas runner at third. Delivers money over and swings on a medium-speed fastball. And doesn't get it. That's like two. One ball and two strikes. The count on Monty Irvin. Here's another situation where a sacrifice fly can get in the run. And, of course, will not be charged with the time at bat to Monty Irvin should that uh, fly ball be forthcoming. 
The lemon is burned down here in the clutch, and it is the clutch as far as he's concerned. Thompson leading away from first. The pitch is swung on. There's a high foul ball hit back to the first section. Rolls down the screen, back down on the playing field. Willie Mays, hugging right close there to third base. Herman Franks is keeping him there. He's the third base coach for the Giants. Rosen is playing uh, deep behind third now. Pulled a couple steps off the line. The outfield fanned around the left and deep. George Strickland deep in the hole at shortstop. Bobby Vila pulled over a couple of steps towards second base and holding on to first base. Keep the runner close. Victor works. Willie Mays takes his lead at third and wanders back toward third as Lemon pitches. Run on a miss. Ball strike three. And that's all for Marty Irvin. That was the big out for Lemon to be getting. That's his second strikeout here this afternoon. And before the next man comes up to the plate, that'll be Davey Williams. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all America. WGN Chicago, the Chicago Tribune Station, your exclusive World Series station. Ready to go back to work here now with Bob Lemon. Stepping up the pitch to Davey Williams. Davey, who bounced down to third base, was thrown out the second inning by... Flip Rosen. Runners at first and third. The pitch to Williams is over the knees. Nicely for a called stop. David Williams, who over the course of the regular season in the National League, batted 222. He had quite a time with his batting average. But the kid never complained. Stayed in there day after day and did the best he could. Now Lemon ready. Delivers a curve. And Williams slides in and takes it. High and outside. Count is one and one on him now. A couple of guys in the Cleveland roster took their bumps and their aches and pains and said nothing either. Larry Doby played quite a bit of the season with a pulled fire muscle. Al Rosen did the same. He also had a broken finger. He played in the All-Star game with a broken finger. George Strickland with a broken jaw, but he stayed right with it. Third ball swung on, but Williams bounced past the mound to shortstop. Strickland in, picks up, throws the first in time, and Williams is out to retire the side. So it's a 6-3 ground out short first. So here in the third inning, the New York Giants come uh, balling right back with a pair of runs. Had one, two, three base hits. Two runs, three base hits. No errors, there were two men left on. That means they're stranded five and going to back three times. So the score at the end of the third inning of play now is the Vincent Cleveland Indians two, the homestanding New York Giants two. Look sharp, sharp. Please stop and listen, Mr. How are you, Fishbowl Play? Do you have plenty? How are you, Fishbowl Play? You better check. We make sure you have enough. Of the worn-out blade, make shaven mighty cup. How are you, Fishbowl Play? Better look to let the great we need. Victor Watch here at the Polo Grounds is going to be the first man up for the Cleveland Indians to start the fourth inning in a brand new ball game, all tied. At two and two. It was a bat of Victor Wirtz back in the first inning when he wrapped his triple off the right center field wall to score a pair of runs. It was Victor Wirtz who put the Cleveland Indians out in front. And now the wearer of number 23, a left hand hitter, is coming up to the plate for his second at bat. He has one hit for one try. Sam Ackley has been placed back on an even footing with Bob Lemon as these two veteran right handers go at each other here this afternoon in the first game of the 51st World Series. Victor Wirtz moving in. Overly close stance was a chin guard on his right leg to protect it. He used to foul so many foul balls down off that shin that uh, he devised the protection. Magley's first pitch to him is just a little outside the ball one. 
backwards to be followed by filling in by shortstop George Strickland, who rolled along in the top of the fourth inning. Magley ready to lose that ticket on curveball and gets it in there for a strike. I guess what a kick. I know as Jimmy Dudley does, out of the motion off Sal Magley. He sort of uh, keeps that elbow crooked. It gives you the idea that he's uh, throwing with a crooked arm. An overhand curve this time, swung on by Wirtz, comes out in the left field, it's in after the base hit. Victor Wirtz goes down to first and holds on as Marty Irvin comes up with the ball and fires it into Alvin Dock at second. So Wirtz opens the fourth, hitting an outside pitch and dumping it into left field. See, that's only the third hit. So it's been given up now by Sal Magley. We've had eight hits in the ball game all told. So the potential tie-breaking run for Cleveland is on as Wirtz opens here in the fourth with a single. That brings on Dave Philly, who tried to side in the first with a fly ball to right field. He's hitting left-handed against Magley. Swings on the first pitch and dribbles one back to the mound. Mag- Magley's off. His only play will go back to Lockman. And Philly is out with Dave Wirtz, or rather with Vic Wirtz, moving on the play over to second base. So he represents the tie-breaking run out second. He's in scoring position. That wasn't a bunt by Philly. He was swinging away. Magley to Lockman for the put-out. We have one out, and George Strickland, who struck out in the second inning, getting uh, Sal Magley his first strikeout of the game. Moving in. Philly is stepping off at second base now. Thompson playing a shallow third to Strickland. As the pitch is made, fired across the knees by Magley for strike one call. George Strickland, tall and slender. New Orleans, Louisiana. Strickland, feet wide, spread apart. Magley over his head, checks his runner over his right shoulder, delivers the plate, pass curve, swung on. There's a bounding ball hit down the dark. He's up with it. Goes across the diamond in time, and George Strickland is out. Works, of course, on the play, holding right on at second, as it was being made right in front of him. Alvin Dark's had a couple of tough chances, going deep in the hole over to his right. He's made the play. George Strickland has had uh, two hard plays. And bounding balls hit right at his feet. He's come up with them nicely. So, all in all, we've had some uh, pretty sparkling plays on the infield here so far. In some cases, they have been re- routine plays, but the boys have made them look good. Here's Jim Hegan, who came up in the second inning and was out number two in that inning by popping up and out to third baseman Hank Thompson just off to the left of pitcher's mound. Jim Hegan moving in. Batting number eight in the order. He's from Lynn, Massachusetts. Where he was uh, born. Now lives out in Lakewood, Ohio. Takes first pitch and it costs him. Forward in there for knees for strike. Two down, one on. Lakewood's open with a single dump in the left field. Moved down to second on the infield ground out by Dave Philly, and he's still there. Still 2 2 ball game. We're in the top of the fourth inning, the polo ground. The ball is taken and thrown through by Catcher Weston, trying to get the runner. But not in time. The ball's pretty away from Williams. Goes on out into short center field. So Victor Wirtz decides he better hold right on at second. There'll be no error on the play. Weston was just trying to pick the man off at second base. He thought Wirtz had a pretty good lead. So the count is one and one now on Jim Hegan. There's Wirtz taking his lead again at second. Jim Higgins standing at the plate with a count of one ball, one strike. Sal Magley shakes off the sign offered by Weston. Shakes it off again. Once more he shakes it off. Now he's ready. 
Well, he and Weston have gotten together, and Jim Higgins decides they're taking too much time and steps away from the plate. Down on Jim Higgins, the Cleveland catchers, one ball, one strike. The second time up, and he's over one. Down comes the pitch, curveball, swung on to Higgins and popped up. There's Alvin Dark at the stop, waiting for it to come down. He's got it. That's all for Cleveland here in the fourth inning. They opened uh, with a single to left hit by Vic Wirtz. He got down to second, but that's as far as he could get. No runs, one hit for Cleveland, their third of the ball game. There were no errors by the Giants, and one man left on. Cleveland is now stranded three and going to bat in four innings. So the score at the end of three and a half innings of play now remains Cleveland two, the New York Giants two. Well, man, when you just plain had it, you know it's really something what a quick racing shaving cream shave with a modern Gillette Super Speed Razor can do for you. Well, maybe it won't take the place of a good night's sleep, but it sure gives you a fast shift into high. Do you want easy, good-looking shaves? Do you want to start out your day or step out at night really refreshed? Well, then get yourself a Gillette Super Speed. It's made all in one piece. It changes blades and rinses clean in a jiffy. The most convenient razor ever. One dollar buys it complete with blue blade dispenser and styrene travel case. What's more, right now, you'll get the new 112-page Gillette World Series record book with it free. While they last, that is, and they're going fast. Now to the last half of any number four here in the first game of the 54 World Series. Still all tied up at two and two. Wouldn't want a better kickoff game than one we're having here this afternoon. A couple of uh, veteran right-handers going against each other. Bob Lemon for the Cleveland Indians, a 23-7 and record for the year, and Sal Magler, a 14-6 record, both pitchers having pitched shutouts over the course of the regular season. Both of them in their respective leagues called Mr. Tuck when the chips are down, and they proved it here this afternoon. The first line up for the Giants, the number eight hitter in the order, West Western, who sent a line shot single down the third base line between Al Rosen and third base, out in the left field corner when he came up back in the second inning. Lemon throws him the overhand fastball, and Western Matthew pops it into foul territory off to the right of the plate. I don't think anybody's going to get to that group. That's back into the stands out of play. Victor Wilkes and Jim Higgin both giving it a big rundown. So the last half of the fourth inning, as Western still standing at the plate with a count of strike one. For the Giants, two runs on five hits. They've committed an error right up from now. And for the Cleveland Indians, two runs on three hits off Maggie. They have not committed an error. Lemon gets set, looks at Weston. Pleading the 0-1 pitch, a curveball. Swung on and hit pass goes not into third base. Out past third base in the left field. And Weston once again has single to left. Well, there's hit number six off Lemon. Weston has picked up one-third of them. He's had two. Westrom leads off for the Giants in the fourth with a single to left field. Al Rosen dived at that ball, but he couldn't come up with it. That passed his glove and out into left. In about an hour, Sal Magley. Sal struck out the second inning, one of the two strikeouts affected by Lemon. Westrom leads at first. The pitch is made to the plate, expecting to bunt the infield charges in. There's the attempted bunt that's missed first strike. Well, we'll be watching Weston. He's got to play it safely, too, at first base. Magley's got to get a hold of that ball, or it could be plenty of trouble. Infield pulled in, expecting the bunt again. Lemon delivers. Magley squares off to bunt the ball and then takes the pitch outside. And that's ball one. One ball and one strike. Count on Sal Magley. He's been sent up to the plate, apparently to get that runner down to second. Ready for Simmons coaching down there. 
talking Western Moffat first. In comes the pitch. And there's the curve outside as Magley drops the button and takes the pitch again. Two balls, one strike. A little tense situation right now. Two-two ball game between Cleveland and New York. The Indians have the Tommy Hawks out. Giants apparently wearing their hard hats. Got on fastball and they front it down the first baseline to triple foul. So that's strike two on Sal Magley and the big danger of the bunt. Goes by the boards now as to bunt foul on the third one is a strikeout. Still, you never know about Leo DeRocher. He's very unpredictable. He's liable to order Maggie to go ahead and bunt at this one. We'll have to watch that play for you make sure. Let's see what uh, West Western's going to be doing. Right now, taking no lead at first. Wirtz on the inside corner holding him. Rosen, he's still expecting the bunt is playing a shallow third. Rest of the infield, that is the second base combination to move back. Hoping, of course, for a chance to uh, get a twin jelly. There is the attempted bunt. This completely in a strike three. So, Adrosha kept it on. Magley is out. That for Lemon is his third strikeout. An attempted bunt was missed completely. So, Western is still at first. We have one out here in the last half of the fourth inning on the New York Giants. And Whitey uh, Lockman coming up for his third at bat of the day. He's one for two. Tried to bunt one past the mound in the first inning. He was successful in that. But Bobby Avila coming in fast. He kept him third to first. Through the first. And that was all for Whitey Lockman. Whitey a single to right in the third inning to lead the inning off and later came around to score and hit back through the middle in the fourth out. Lockman batting left-handed. Started off today. That is his regular season. He hit 251. Takes fastball. Fired by Lemon under the knees. Four ball one. Outfield playing fan around the right to Whitey. The old man playing deep in the outfield is Dave Philly, the right fielder. He's playing straight away right playing deep. Took the words part way back to his fielding depth with his left hand hitter up there. Western leads it first. Lemon pitching, Blockman swings and beats him into the ground pop. Last half of inning number four, the first game of the 54 series. All tied up at two and two. Giants with one out have a potential tie breaking run on at first in West Western. Opened with his second straight single at the left field. Blockman standing in, straight up and down, almost like a chocolate soldier. Now uh, leans over the plate slightly. Lemon to the top of the stretch. Checks his runner at first. Delivers the plate a curve. Whitey Lockman swings. There's a bounding ball. Hit the big works. He picks it up. Looks at second. No chance to get the runner at second. Steps on first for the out on Whitey Lockman. Well, there's the second out. And Westrom has moved down to take station second in scoring position. Coming up to the plate now, hitting right-handed is Alvin Dark. Alvin hit behind, uh, rather not behind, but hit in the center field, right up the backbone of the diamond. And Whitey Lock moves on at uh, first base in the third, and he moved Whitey all the way around third. Alvin Dark standing in. Lemon checks his runner, delivers the plate, medium speed curveball, it whistles along outside for ball one. Doc looks around at Herman Franks to take the sign. Lemon leaning forward in that characteristic pose of his. Left hand on his left knee. Ball hidden behind his back. Now he's ready. Delivers a curve. Dark swings. Hits the ball wide of third. Rosen's out. Picks up. Plays his throw to first base. Not in time. Dark takes it out. Western takes third. And the Giants have runners at first and first. 
We're not stopped by third baseman Al Rosen to keep that ball from going into left field. But he couldn't recover himself in time, and it goes as a base hit. So Alvin Dark gets his second base hit. He is 2 for 2 officially. So Western is down at third. Alvin Dark is at first. Two outs. Hit number seven off Lemon. Check me on that, Jim. Is that hit number seven? That's right, isn't it? Hit number seven, Al. Coming up to the plate now is Don Mueller, who has one of the seven base hits. Got that back in the first inning. Has a golden opportunity here to put the Giants out in front. As with two down, they have runners at first and third. Second is open. Lemon delivers. Mueller swings. There's a bounding ball to Victor Wirtz. He's down on one knee, picks it up, reaches over in two steps, plants his foot on first base, and that is all for Mueller. Well, that's all for the Giants here in the fourth inning. The runs, they had two base hits, stranded two. There were no errors. So let's see, there'll be two, four, six, seven men the Giants have left on here and going to bat four times. And the score at the end of the fourth inning remains the New York Giants, two, and the visiting Cleveland Indians, two. Well, October is a month when good sportsmanship is evident all around us, not only in our World Series and our football games, but also in the community chess drive that comes at this time of the year. This is your opportunity, friends, to be a good sport by helping those in need. Many, many deserving families in every typical community are helped directly by Red Feather agencies each year. And in the long run, all of us are helped because these agencies do so much to make our community a safer, health-better place to live in. When the drive comes in your neighborhood, won't you please give generously to your community chip? Ready for the fifth inning now. It'll be Bob Lemon to be the first man up. Bob will be followed by the top of the batting order and Al Smith. And then will come Bobby Avila. We still have a 2-2 ball game cooking along here at the Polo Grounds. And the fans are really getting a kick out of this one. Sincerely hope that around the world, you folks are enjoying the Gillette Cavalcade of Sports Broadcast also. Now here in the fifth inning, Bob Lemon, who walked back in the second, coming up for his first official at bat, hitting left-handed. Magby tries his first pitch, gets it in there low for ball one. Magley locked in this pitching duel with Bob Lemon, to whom he is pitching right now. Starts his motion, delivers 1-0. The fastball is under the knees for ball two to Lemon. The outfield for Lemon is fanned around to right, playing in deep. In the way of hitting home runs, Lemon can do that too. Magley up over his head, kicks and throws. The curveball, fast curve, is off the inside corner, right on the inside corner, just off the belt. Strike one. Two and one, the count on Bob Lemon. It's Cleveland's leadoff man here in the fifth inning in the 2-2 ball game. Magley fires away at that plate, two and one. Curveball is over for a strike two call. Magley back to visit the rosin bag, snaps it away. Grinds that ball around the palms of his hands, slips his glove back on. Lemon waits for him very patiently, standing about three quarters deep, straight away. The 2 2 pitch by Magley. An overhand curveball swung on by Lemon and beaten foul into the ground. Now it holds the two balls, two strikes. Still ball in play as it's walked partially back to the mound. Magley will go back and finish scuffing it up. As much as the law allows, he'll be getting ready. 2-2 count here on Bob Lemon, top half of the fifth inning, first man up for Cleveland. Here's the pitch. 2-2, two two, fastball swung on, and hit the straightaway center field. There goes Mays back, still going back under it, missed the catch. 
There's no basket catch that time for Willie. He had to reach up over his head to make the catch on that one. Lemon lining out to center field to Willie May. So we have one out here in the top half of the fifth inning. That brings on Al Smith. He's coming up for his third time this afternoon. The New York Giants, you know, have played in quite a few World Series. Today's game makes the 77th Series game the Giants have played in, so they've played more World Series games than, other, than any other National League team in modern baseball. It's all in the Gillette World Series record book, a real sharp collection of baseball dope. Sure hope you're going to get your copy now. Al Smith taking the first pitch for ball one. Stands up, pumps up back nervously as Sal Magley comes down with the next pitch, so it's a curve in off the hips for ball two. One out here for the Indians in the top of the fifth inning. No base runners. Score still rides at two apiece. Cleveland scored in the top of the first inning on a pair of runs. And in case you tuned in with us late, Smith, the leadoff man, was hit for the pitch. He was singled down to second base, and when a bobble came in the outfield, but Don Mueller, he kept on going to third. Then after Derby fouled out and Rosen popped out, Watch tripled him home off the right center field wall. There's a pitch to the plate now. Under the knees to Smith. His count is three nothing. Then the Giants came uh, back in the third inning. Lockman led off with a single. And on the 3-2 count, Alvin Dark hit back through the middle to put Lockman at third. Mueller got one run in when he forced Whitey Lockman at second for Mabila to Strickland. Then after Mays had walked, Thompson singled the right field to drive in another run, and Mueller scored. There's a curveball over for a strike. Pass curveball, just a little wrinkle, and the count is 3-1. Three, three balls, one strike on Al Smith, the leadoff man, with one out here in the top of the fifth inning. So a 2-2 ball game is still moving along. Sal Magley takes his sign from Western. Here's the 3-1 delivery. Third in there for a strike. Well, Sal didn't go to the fastball. He flipped the curve. The count is three balls and two strikes on left fielder Al Smith of Cleveland. He's 0-1. He struck out second. Swings on this pitch and sends a slow dribbler down the third baseline. It's Al Magley off the mound of field. First, first, not in time. That'll probably go as a base hit for Al Smith. We'll wait for the uh, official scorers to give us the official verdict on that one. The scorers here this afternoon are Ed McCauley of the Cleveland News, Bonnie Kermeko of the New York Journal American, and Harry Jones of the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And apparently it's going to go as a base hit. Go as a base hit. Uh, Smith, very free to put, had it beaten out all the way. So that'll be hit number four off Magley. Bobby Avila. Bobby hitting right-handed. He has one for two. Dumped a single to right center field back in the first inning. Figured very much in the uh, uprising. We've got the Cleveland Indians a pair of runs. And Avila came along in the second inning, or rather the third inning, and fouled up to the catcher. Next curveball, it's flipped over for a strike. Magley, pulling a string on that one, getting it in there just about waist high. The runner at first base is Al Smith. Magley checks his runner at first, looks down at Avila, comes in with the curveball, and Avila takes it outside to fill the first, trying to get Al Smith is not in time. So Western apparently called for the pitch out. Down in the bullpen for the Giants, the veteran right-hander, Marv Grissom, and the left-hander, Don Little, are both warming, warming up and getting ready in case uh, Sal Magley should have any difficulty here in the fifth. Sal may have pulled a bad back when he went after that uh, slow-bounding ball, hit off to the left of the mound, to his right. 
Curve ball to Avila. Swung on. There's a high fly ball deep in the left field. Monty Irvin is under it. It's going to be a routine chance for Monty. He's got it. And Smith has to come hurrying back first. So Avila flies deep to left field. Monty Irvin for out number two. And the batter coming up now will be Larry Doby, the left-hand hitting center fielder. Well, that'd be ball club and home runs with 32 this year and uh, also runs batted in the park with 126. Two and two the score here between Cleveland and the Giants. We're in the top of the fifth inning. The possible tie-breaking run for Cleveland is on at first base. There are two down, and Magnus is about to pitch now to left-hand batting Larry Doby. Larry Doby, originally from Camden, South Carolina, now lives over here in Patterson, New Jersey, not very far from the polo ground. First pitch to him is a fast curve outside for ball one. Doby's been quite a competitor since having come up with the Indians. Another hand curve to him is high off the face. That's ball two. Larry Doby, very fleet of foot. A fellow that uh, can give that ball an awful long ride if he gets good solid wood on it. Al Smith, the runner at first base for Cleveland. As Whitey Lockman standing behind him as he takes his lead. Magliretti pitches. Swung on, there's a little looping fly ball hit out into right field. It's going to drop in there for the base hit. Smith is on his way, moves on into third base as Mueller's throw comes into Alvin Dark at second. So Doby looks one into right field. Al Smith running on the blow with uh, a pair down. Moves into third, and that's the fifth hit given up by Magley. And Westrom goes out to have a talk with him. So the Cleveland Indians are cooking up a little brew here that uh, might be kind of bitter for the Giants to take. All depends on what Sal Magley's able to come up with here in the top of the fifth inning. He's going to pitch to Al Rosen. Al uh, popped up to first base to Whitey Lockman back in the first inning and then retired to side in the third by hitting a ground ball sharply to shortstop to Alvin Dark. Now with runners first and third, second open and two down, Rosen comes up again. Ball game tied at two apiece. Bagley with his works very definitely cut out for him is set. Checks his runners at both stations. An overhand curveball is thrown to Rosen, swung on and popped up into right field. Don Mueller comes over for a routine chance in right. Under it, makes the catch to retire the side. Well, the Cleveland set passes for the boards here in the top half of the fifth inning. No runs, there were two base hits for Cleveland. Run a total of five. There were no errors for the Giants, and Cleveland left the pair on to run the total air to five. So the score at the end of four and one half innings of play now. It is Cleveland two, the New York Giants two. Men, it's a safe bet that you'll feel like you've got out on the right side of the bed if you take a brisk shaving cream shave with a new Gillette Super Speed Razor. It's a wonderful lift in the clean, refreshing Gillette shave. A free copy of Gillette's World Series record book. This book is packed with series, though, so get your copy while they last. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a terrific kick for me to be able to do the first four and a half innings of the first game of the 1954 World Series. And I know if you're down to hear a guy... That uh, Cleveland's been listening to for quite some time, and Cleveland's been liking for quite some time because he's a likable guy. Cleveland's fine broadcaster, Mr. Jimmy Dudley. I had the opportunity of working the All-Star game with Jim, and I have the opportunity, just as you have now, of leaning back and listening. Jim, come on, fella. Thank you very much, Al. And now it's football in the last half of the fifth inning with a score tied 2-2. Two and two. 
Willie Mays, the giant center fielder, steps into the batter's box, a right-hand batter. And Bob Lemon is ready to work to him. Mays, in the first inning, popped out and walked his second trip to the plate in the third. Here's the wind-up. The first pitch, Mays swings the ground ball to Rosen at third. Big hop taken. Here's the third of first, and Mays is out. Mays rounding out. Rosen to works. 5-3, in case you're scoring along with us. Bob Lemon, one of the most feared pitchers in the American League. A boy who keeps that ball low all the time. The umpires will tell you that he is one of the roughest in the business to call and view the fact that most of his stuff is from the waist right down to the knee. Hank Thompson, left-hand batter, steps in. Takes a strike with a fastball, nicking the inside corner knee-high. Thompson in the first inning, grounded out, the first baseman unassisted, but singled into right field in the third. The wind-up, the next pitch is outside. The count even up, ball one and strike one. The score tied, Cleveland two, New York two. The Indians broke on top, scoring two runs in the first inning. The Giants coming back to tie it up in the last of the third. Outfielders playing Thompson to pull, deep and well around to right. The one-one pitch, a swing and a miss. He was out in front with it. Strike two. Ball one and strike two to count. Lemon has given up a total of seven hits. Magley, five. The entire World Series between these two ball clubs promises to be just the same way. Nip and tuck all the way. Either team capable of coming up with an attack at any spot in the batting order. The one and two pitch. Ball two outside. A fastball broke away. Ball two and strike two to count on the batter. Thompson stands very deep in the batter's box. Bobby Avila back to the edge of the outfield grass, midway between first and second. Here's the windup and the 2-2 pitch. A swing and a miss. He struck him out. Thompson goes down swinging. Two away. And the batter, number 20, Monty Irvin. Up twice, he is 0 for 2. Fouled out his first trip in the second inning and struck out in the third. That, by the way, was a big out for Lemon. And that a fly ball would have given them the run to put them ahead. They play him straight away. First pitch is too low. Ball one to count. Al Smith deep in left field and straight away. Here's the windup. The next pitch is a strike call with a curve hitting the outside corner. The strikeout on Thompson, by the way, was the fourth of the game for Bob Lemon. He has walked two men. The score is tied two and two. You're in the last half of the fifth inning with two out and nobody on the bases. The windup and the pitch is inside, too close to the batter. The count moves to ball two and strike one. Herman Franks coaching at third base for the Giants. Freddie Fitzsimmons. One of the game's great stars of the past at first base. Roby deep and straight away in center field. The outfielders have a lot of room to roam in center, right center, and left center. The two-and-one pitch is swung up. There's a drive going deep and high out into left center. Roby moves back a step or two. Waiting as he slaps the glove, he makes the catch, and the side is retired. Irvin giving the crowd a thrill with a long fly ball into deep center. Three up and three down for the Giants. No runs, no hits. And at the end of five, the score is Cleveland two, New York two. Leo DeRocha of the New York Giants, certainly one of the game's great leaders. You know what he says about leadership? Leo says if you want to be a leader, you've got to look the part. 
And you can't look the part without a fresh, good-looking shave. For my money, there's only one way to get a good-looking shave every time up. And that's with shaving cream and a modern Gillette razor. Well, at the halfway mark in the five innings, the ground crew now are grooming the infield. While they're so doing it, let's pause ten seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all America. WGM, your exclusive World Series station, Chicago. Back at the Polo Grounds in New York City, the scene of the playing of the first game of the 1954 World Series, going into the first half of the sixth inning, it will be Vic Wirtz leading off for Cleveland. The five inning totals on the ball game, Cleveland two runs, five hits, no errors. The Giants two runs, seven hits, one error. Western throw to second. Davey Williams over to top to Thompson and back to the pitcher on the mound. The veteran Sal Mackey. Drawing that all-important assignment of hailing the first game. Facing him now is Vic Wirtz in the batter's box. He has two for two. A triple in the first inning to drive in two runs. A single in the fourth to lead off. He was left stranded. First pitch, he swings and wraps a line drive into right field. Another base hit. Coming over fast forward is Don Mueller. The throw is to first base. It's over the first baseman's head. And it gets away from the catcher. First base is to second. He makes the turn there and holds up. Weston chases for the ball back to the stands. Mueller's throw surprised everybody. Whitey Laughlin, the first baseman, leaped forward. He had no chance to get it. And it's an error charge to Don Mueller on the throw. A single to works into right field. And a throwing error charged to Don Mueller, his second error of the ball game. There's a rough break on him. And you sort of hate to see a ball player charged with an error when he's thinking. And that's just what Don Mueller was doing. Realizing that Wirtz is a slow man, he figured him to overrun. And thought he might have a chance to get him back at first base. But it was a bad throw, and he is charged with an error. So Wirtz is on second with nobody out in the first half of the sixth inning. And stepping into the batter's box is Dave Philly. Philly is switch hitter, batting left. Takes ball on outside. Philly came to the Indians last winter. After batting better than 300 with the Philadelphia Athletics. He's done a fine job. He's one of the better defensive ball players in baseball today. Had a lot of rough luck in the hitting department. Here's the stretch by Magley. Quick looks to the runner back at second. The pitch is ball two, high and outside. Still no count on the batter. Billy has been up twice. He fired to right field in the first inning. Rounded out, pitcher to first in the fourth inning. But you never know where it's going to come from. These two teams are tough from the top to the bottom in the batting order. Wirtz has a good lead off second with nobody out. He'll play it safe. The outfielders are pulled around toward right for Philly. The two and nothing pitch. He swings and fouls it back to the screen. The count is two and one. Ball two and strike one. Warming up in the giant bullpen, a left-hander, Don Little, and right-hander, Marv Grissom. Ready for action in case manager Leo DeRoche should need them. Ed Press, the Indians' first base coach, shouting down to Philly. Get hold of that ball. The turn one pitch on its way. He swings and grounds one off. The pitch is left. Bagley scrambles, picks it up, can't make a play at third. Throws to first, and Philly is out. 
Works moving to third base. Good recovery on the part of Sal Magley. He knocked that ball down with his glove, scrambled for it, and got Philly a fast man at first. Alvin Dock, the giant captain and shortstop, in talking to Magley. Now Weston goes out. Make sure that he is all right. One away in the first half of the sixth inning. The Philly has grounded out twice. Now to the pitcher. The batter is George Strickland. Shortstop. Struck out in the second inning, grounded out to the shortstop in the fourth. One away, a man on first. Left side of the infield is pulled in a bit. Now the right side in, about halfway. First pitch to Strickland. He swings and plows it off to the right, coming back into the stands out of play. Strike one. Strickland was injured the first week in July at Yankee Stadium in a game against New York. Marlon Stewart, New York Yankee pitcher, hit him at third base, trying for force play. The ball deflected off the third baseman's glove and broke his jaw. He was out about a month. Here's the windup. Next pitch is too high. Ball one and strike one to count on George Strickland. Infield in. They'll try to cut this run off at the plate. Magley, of course, hoping to make Strickland hit the ball into the dirt. One out. The score is tied. Two and two. Works leading away from third. The next pitch. A swing and a foul tip. Getting past the catcher and coming back to the screen. It is now ball one and strike two. Magley, while winning... 14 ball games, losing only six during the regular season, proved to be DeRoche's stop pitcher. That pitcher for the big, all-important game. Thus, he drew the assignment for this first game of the World Series. Antonelli, of course, was the big winner for the Giants. In action now, the one and two pitch, a swing and a fly ball hit into short left center. Alvin Dark is going back for it. He's under now and makes the catch. Works. Holding up at third base. No chance to score, and there are two gone. Got another fine touch ball player going back to take charge of that fly ball in short left center. It would have been trouble for Mays or Marty Irvin. So Wirtz is on third. There are two gone, and now it takes a base hit. No longer will the sacrifice fly. Apply. And it is left to Jim Hegan, the Indians' catcher. Up twice. In the second inning, he popped out. In the fourth, he popped out. Right-hand batter. First pitch time is ball one, too low. Magley, being very cautious. He's a pitcher who will waste his fastball and then make you go for the curve. Ball on the count. End of the windup. The next pitch is swung on the ground ball down the third baseline. Knocked down by the third baseman. Up with it. A quarter first in time. A beautiful recovery. <laughs> a fine recovery on the part of Hank Thompson. That ball was right over the bag. He knocked it down, scrambled forward in foul territory, and got his man with a fine accurate throw. And Hegan is very fast. So the Indians get no runs. They had one hit. There was one giant error. And one man was left on the base. 
So we go into the last half of the sixth inning with a score. Cleveland 2, New York 2. I wonder how many of you baseball fans know why third base is called the hot corner or how the bullpen got its name. Well, you'll find the answers in the new Gillette World Series record book. But, fans, that's only a patch on the raft of other facts and figures in this handy reference book. It's 112 pages of crammed with the scores of every past World Series game, records of every player, diagrams of all big league parks, basic rules, scoring instructions, a dictionary of baseball slang, and a wealth of other inside baseball facts. To get your copy free before tomorrow's game, ask for the new Gillette Super Speed Razor Set, $1. The record book attached is worth plenty, but costs you nothing extra. Well, the Indians had something started there, but failed to carry through as Tal Magley buckled down and closed the door on Vic Works, who let off with a single and moved up on an error. Moved to third as Philly grounded out, but failed to score as Strickland and Hegan went down. Now the Giants come up, ready for action in the last half of the sixth inning with the score tied. Two and two. Davy Williams, second baseman for the Giants, steps in. Right-hand batter. Lemon hitching up the trousers. Little habit that he's had all of his baseball career. Okay's the sign from Hegan. Outfielders are straight away. The pitch to Williams is ball one too low. Ball on the count. Here's the wind up. Lemon's next pitch is swung on a ground ball to the shortstop. Big hop taken by Strickland. The throw to first and Williams is out. Williams grounding up. Strickland to work. The playing field is in excellent condition. The Browns crew has done a marvelous job of keeping this field ready for the World Series. And it's seen a lot of action, don't forget, throughout the regular season. One away, nobody on. West Westrom is the batter. The giant catcher has two for two. First pitch to him. He swings and wraps a line drive in the center field. Dolby coming over hard is under and makes the catch. Two away. Westrom. Lining to Doby in center. And Larry Doby really put that one away out there in center field, just as they tell you to do it in the Gillette World Series record book. A special section gives inside tips on winning play and lots of other dope. That's great meat for all you baseball folks from beginning little leaguers to grizzled fans. A World Series record book is yours absolutely free. Remember, it comes attached to the new Gillette one-piece razor at the regular price. A good hand for Sal Magley as he steps in. Two out and nobody on. He takes a strike over the outside corner. Made with a bunt motion, but let the pitch go by. Magley has struck out twice. Lemon's next pitch. Swung on the ground ball hit to the right side of the infield. Works is over. Up with it, throws to Lemon covering, and Magley is out. The Giants going down again in order. Magley out. First baseman to pitch in. And for New York in the six, no runs, no hits, nothing across. And at the end of six, the score of Cleveland two, New York two. <laughs> Say hey, that's Willie Mays, the giant wonder boy, as he spots the Giants. Neil DeRocher says Willie is the greatest player he's ever seen. The last day of the season, he clinched the hitting crown, but he hit just 182 in his six previous World Series games. That's the kind of worthwhile dope you get in the Gillette World Series record book. And it makes baseball much more enjoyable in season and out. 
Better get your free copy right away. Well, these two pitchers have really settled down to their business. Magley gave up two runs in the first inning, but since then has hung the horse collar on the Indians. Lemon was tagged for two runs in the third to tie up the score. Here in the mutual broadcast booth today, we're mighty proud of this little fact. This is the 5,000th baseball broadcast by the Armed Forces Radio Service to the men and women stationed overseas. It's estimated that our listening audience during the series is about 110 million people. Big Al, that's a lot of people. Man, I'd tell you frankly, I'd like to have a hot dog in session for that many people. <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding. All right, it's play ball in the first half of the seventh inning. Lemon leads off. He swings on the first pitch and pops it up. Right by second base, Alvin Dodd. Shortstop is under it. He has it for the first out. Lemon popped it out. Doc is certainly one of the great players in this series. He has played previously in 12 World Series games. The Indians remember him, of course, from the 1948 World Series as a member of the Boston Braves. And they've seen a lot of him in spring training. Here's Al Smith, the leadoff batter, number 32. Swings on the first pitch. It's a ground ball to the third baseman. Thompson taps it nicely. The throw of first and Smith is out. Smith, one of the surprises of the 1954 season for the Indians, came to spring training more or less for the ride. But they got a look at him. He got a break, and he remained in the lineup. It's been a great help to Al Lopez and his tribe this year. There are two out, and the batter is Bobby Avila. He has one out of three, a single in the first inning. Right-hand batter takes ball one, high and inside. Little Mexican pepper pot from Veracruz. Proud and joy of the folks down in Mexico. And by the way, he now is an owner of a ball club. He owns the Mexico City Reds. Next pitch turn is outside and lower. Curveball, breaking sharply. Ball two, no strikes. Doing nothing on the batter. With two out and nobody on. The outfield playing of Villa straightaway. He hits to all fields. Here's the windup. The next pitch is swung in on a line drive to Thompson at third. He's out. Avila line to Hank Thompson at third base. And the fans are really getting a big thrill out of this as the two pitches really knuckle down. For the Indians in the seventh, no runs, no hits. Nothing across, and we're going to the last half of the seventh inning. The score is Cleveland 2, New York 2. Ladies and gentlemen, Gillette presents the sharpest edges ever honed. To look sharp, every time you shave, to feel sharp, and be on the ball, just be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blade for the quickest, quickest shave of all. Gillette Blue Blades are made to fit your razor to a tee. They're double edges, black and black. For real economy, to look sharp Every time you shave, to feel sharp And be on the ball, just be sharp Use the left blue blade for the quickest, quickest shave of all Gillette Blue Blades and Handy Dispensers are 20 for 98 
10 for 49. The seventh inning. Last half coming up. at the Polo Ground, New York. The home of the Giants. Champions National League. The lucky seventh inning. A tradition in baseball all these many good years. Leading off for the Giants, Whitey Lockman. They have the top of the batting line. Lockman has one out of three. Single in the third inning and scored. The first Giants. Scott at two and two. Lemon, ready for work. Rocks into the windup. The first pitch is a strike call. The ball dropped down very quickly. The fella at one time played the outfield, played the infield, the pitching. Became one of the greats. Quick, he swung on. Out tipped into the dirt. His feet by Lockman. The count is two. Orange you on the. Hockman, recognized as one of the team's fine competitors. Two ball crack started out the 1954 in training in Arizona. Traveled back from Arizona to their respective cities and leagues, and now meet again here in the fall. Lemon okays the sign with the count strike you on the batter. Pitch is swung on a hard smash to a feeler on the top, taken by the second baseman, the third of first, and Lockman is out. Lockman is out, a feeler to 4 3. Lemon has retired eight men in a row, and Magley has retired six in a row. In the last half, seventh inning of the score tied. Alvin Dobbs steps in. Lemon's pitch turn is ball one. Iron inside. Hands wear the special aid headgear and their bat. Mindful of the old steel helmet. Pitch is swung on a curve. Pops it up. To the third base side of the field, and Rosen moving quickly in front of the Indian dugout, and he has it. Almost misjudged it as he was looking up into the field. out to out. I noted that Rosen is not traveling under full speed. That leg is still bumping him quite a bit. As a full muscle, thigh muscle, it's difficult for him to move quickly and very fast. So there are two, nobody on, and here's Tom Mueller stepping in. He has one out of three, and has scored a run. Left-hand batter, he takes a strike, a fast ball to the inside corner. Tie. Talking to Indian pitchers, while they have all the respect in the world for Willie Mays, they fear this boy, Mueller. Next pick is swung on and hit foul. Down the baseline, outside the bag. Foul strike two. There's a ground hugger. And a ripper that almost stayed in there, fair. Got to go over that back, remember? Can hit it, but be over any part. I'm Charlie, Charlie Berry. And on the first base, called it. We strike two. Cool enough. American League umpire. On the first base side. And out in right field is Larry Nat. Here's the wind-up. The next pitch is one, and the line drive is into left field. A quick shot in third. A base hit. 
Gillen makes the turn at first. Smith throw back to the end. Holds him there, Hava. And it brings up Willie Mays. That little incident right there will give you some idea of why the Indian pitchers and others have such great respect for Don Mueller. With two strikes on him. He whipped one to the opposite field. Willie Mays looking for his first World Series hit. Stepped in. He's 0 for 2 officially. He walked in the third inning. Right hand batter. The dynamic ball player. First pitch to Oh, and outside a curveball. Breaking down and away. May is the batting champion of the National League. One of the most publicized young ball players in the history of the game. Number 24. Al Smith is deep in straightaway and left. Doby deep in straightaway in center. Don Mueller on first with two out. Last half of the seventh, the score is tied. Clemens pitch is swung on and fouled back to the stands, out of play. Count is even up, ball one and strike one. Yes, sir, there's always plenty of excitement at the old ball yard. And this one is no exception. The first game of the 1954 World Series. The Indians versus the Giants. Ball one and strike one to count. Lemon checks for his sign. Gloved hand down on his knee. Up with a stretch now. Quick looks the runner at first. The pitch is ball two, outside and low. Turn one to count. Indian pitchers, of course, remember Willie Mays from spring training, but he is an entirely different Willie Mays now. No longer does he go for that bad ball. Turn one to count. There's the pitch. Swung on in the ground. Ball is hit to the shortstop. Strickland up with it. Throws to Avila. Covering second. Mueller is forced. Beside is retired. Strickland to Avila. Forcing Mueller for the third out. And... In the seventh inning for the Giants, no runs. One hit, their first hit since the fourth inning, by the way. One man left. And at the end of seven innings, the score, Cleveland 2, New York 2. A moment ago, we were talking about Alvin Dobb. Well, the last time he was up, just in this inning, they got him out. A pop foul to Al Rosen. The first time that the Indians have gotten Dark out today... Yes, Mr. Dodd came into this series with 12 games under his belt and a hefty batting average of 292. I notice in the Gillette World Series record book that this tops even the mighty Roger Hornsby's average. Got your book yet? It's attached to the Gillette one-piece razor set for which you pay only the regular price. The book is free. Now we head into the first half of the eighth inning. The score tied. Cleveland 2, New York 2. Larry Doby will be leading off for the Indians. Here is the official attendance at today's ball game. 52,751. 52,751. A fine crowd to get the World Series off. And as the experts have said, this promises to be one of the... Greatest World Series of all time in attendance and returns, of course, financially for the players in the league. 
Harry Kobe steps in. Magley's first pitch to him. He swings and grounds it foul down the first baseline. Out of play. Kobe has one out of three. A single his last time up. Single into right field in the fifth inning. He was one of the top hitters in the 1948 World Series, the Indians versus the Boston Braves. And, of course, was the RBI champion of the American League this year. Home run champion, too. There is ball one, high and outside. A fastball got away from Magnet, took off. Bringing a few oohs and ahs from the crowd. One and one to count. Roby cuts over the plate. The next pitch, he drops to the ground to avoid being hit. Ball two, high and inside. Another fastball. Roby really takes a toehold in the batter's box. And as the boys on the field and on the bench will say, he hounds the plate. Looks mean up there as the pitcher... Looks at him. The two one pitch. Ball three high and outside. Dobie was ready to swing away on that two and one. It takes ball three instead. Three and one the count now. Outfielders pull deep and well around to the right. Right side of the infield, deep. Lockman at first. Davy Williams at second. On deck is Al Rosen. The three one pitch. Dobie swings and he misses. Cut two and the string is loose. Full count of three and two on the batter. Magley has given up six hits. Score is tied. Cleveland two, New York two. Three and two, and Magley checks with the catcher, Weston. Works into the windup. And here's the payoff pitch. Ball four, inside and low. Dobie works in for a walk. That is the second base on balls given up by Magny. He has two strikeouts, and again we have action down in the giant bullpen. Van Little, the left-hander, has really been getting a workout during this game, and Marv Grissom, right-hander. As Al Rosen steps into the batter's box. Grissom and Little getting ready down in the bullpen in case they're needed. Grissom was a great help to the Giants this year, winning ten while losing only seven. All right, Rosen steps in, a right-hand batter. The first pitch to him is ball one inside and low. They'll be on first, leading off with the base on balls. High score, two and two, first half of the eighth inning. Magley turns and throws to first, but Dobie is back. Magley, on that particular throw, walks toward the rubber. Turns quickly and fires to the first baseman. Doby leads up. Here's the stretch. The pitch is swung on a ground ball. Knocked down by a drive. The shortstop picks it up. Second too late. All hands are safe. And Rosen is at first base. But again, he was moving with a decided limp. And it is a base hit. An infield hit for Al Rosen. As he hit one just to the right of shortstop dot. He knocked it down with his bare hand. Tried for Doby at second, but was too late. And Rosen gets his first hit of the day. Runners on first and second, nobody out. And the batter is Vic Works. Now Lockman moves in from his position at first base, and Thompson is in close to the edge of the infield grass. Time is called, however. 
Westrom goes out to talk to Magley, and now Freddie Fitzsimmons, first base coach, starts out of the giant dugout, gets a call from Leo DeRocha, the manager, turns and looks back to him. I'm proud of Nat, waved in to see they wanted one of the boys warming up. Don Little, left-hander, is ready, and so is Marv Grissom, big right-hander. Jack O'Conlon, second base umpire, moves in, and Fitzsimmons indicates that he wants the left-hander, Don Little, to come on. Little has won nine and lost four this year. Is going to be off for Sal Magley. Magley has given up eight hits. You know, there's never been a no hit performance by any pitcher in a World Series game. That's just one of the many interesting facts covered in Gillette's wonderful new World Series record book. And remember, you get it free with a one piece Gillette razor for the regular price. Nobody out here in the first half of the eighth inning with a new pitcher coming on. So let's take a look at Magley's record. He has worked in seven innings of the game. He has given up two runs, is leaving two men on. Should they score, they'll be charged to him. Gave up a total of eight hits. He walked two and struck out two. That Magley has given up just seven hits. Thank you, Al. Seven hits. And the new is down little. Magley making the long walk from the down through center field and to the clubhouse. A pitcher going out of the game here at the Polo Grounds has just about the longest walk into the dressing room of any baseball. So Little is taking his warm up. And while we're waiting, that's five ten seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all America. And this is WGN, your exclusive World Series station, Chicago. Now back at the Polo Grounds in New York, the new giant pitcher Don Little out on the mound. Al Lopez, the Indian manager, came out to talk to Al Rosen. At first, Rosen was limping very badly when he went down the line. But evidently, he is going to stay in. I know that he wants to. Don Little Sanders ready to work. A boy who hits from Mount Carmel, Illinois. 5'10", 165 pounds. Little appeared in 28 games during the run of the season at an earned run average of 3.07. Left hand pitcher now against left hand batter Vic Woods. Runners on first and second, nobody out. The first pitch by Little is ball one, high and inside a fastball. Send a bill, but he has a whale of a good fastball. Rosen on first, three on second, nobody out in the first of the eighth. Score tied two and two. Next pitch is a strike with a curve, hitting the outside corner, breaking away. Rick Wirtz 
The Indian the spaceman up there now has a perfect day at this fire. Three hits and two to the plate. A triple and two singles. Twelve in the Indians, two runs back in the first inning. Is ready the pitch. A bunt try. It's popped in the air, but nobody can get to it. Hank Thompson, the third baseman, tried. So did Little, the pitcher. But neither could reach it. And it is ball one and strike two. Well, that's a life for works. An attempted bunt. He popped it foul down the third base line. Ball one. Ball one and strike two. Batter on deck is Dave Philly. Toby drew a walk for the count three and two. He took ball one. Rosen single to the shortstop. The first play on Doby. And Rosen has given credit for the field hit. Nobody counts. Little now. For a sign. Up for the stretcher. I look back to the runner at second. Just one and there's a drive going deep out into the hat cutter. Holds his racing back, still going And he makes a beautiful throw. And Dobie tags up at second and is moving to third. A beautiful, beautiful catch that he made. For those of us who have not seen too much of amazing Willie Mays, we know now why they talked to him so very much. That was one of the most spectacular catches we have ever seen. That was hit to the wall in right center. Well over 400 feet away from home plate. And Mays was racing with his back turned to the front. And pulled it down over his shoulder. We're getting a pinch hitter for We're in the eighth inning. It is Hank Majeski. Majeski batting for Philly. And comes Freddie Fitzsimmons out of the giant dugout. There's a possibility of a new pitcher. Mark Grissom, and has been warming up and is ready to defeat him. Yes, that is what it is going to be. A new pitcher, Mal Grissom, is being called into the game. Hank Wojcicki has a batting average of 281 for the regular season. However, that average doesn't tell the entire story. The veteran has really been a tremendous asset to Al Lopez and his tribe this year. He has moved in to play third, last, second, and has been a great help at the plate. Many of his hits driving in runs that have won ball games for the Indians. And now, right hand coming into the game, we're going to get a switch in pinch hitters. Mitchell is coming out of the Indian dugout, swinging a couple of bats. And it is going to be Dale Mitchell batting for Hank Majeski. And the fans are getting a big thrill. Out of this battle of strategy between Al Lopez, manager of the Indians, and Leo DeRosha, the manager of the New York Fans. But this is World Series and championship strategy as well as championship play is so very important. Lopez now comes out of the dugout to his pinch hitter, Dale Mitchell, who is up to the left of the plate. Ready for Simmons, we're talking to Mark Grissom. 
And it goes down level, making his exit from the pitching one third of an inning. It's to one man. Vic works. And works five to Willie Mays, deep in center pit. This one is one ten and last seven. And if any giant fan will tell you, he has been a great help to the giant ball club. Yet dead in a total of 56 games. Giving you some idea of how often he has been called in from the bullpen to stop the fire and go on and save a long game. So he's won eight and lost just seven. Probably he saved many more for other starting pitchers. Check it out. It's 2.34. 2.34. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, these two men on the base, Dobie and Rosen, are charged to the starting pitcher, Sal Maggie. So while the score is tied, Cleveland 2, New York Giants 2, Maggie could be the losing pitcher in this ball game. The Abdelosha is going to have men ready. He has a left-hander and a right-hander warming up in the bullpen. The score tied on two in the first half of the eighth inning. One out. The Indians have Bobby on third and Rosen on first. Dale Mitchell, pinch-hitting for Hank McCaskey, who was originally announced as a pinch-hitter for Philly. Mark Gibson steps onto the rubber now, checks his sign. Dale Mitchell, a left-hand batter. Takes ball one high and outside. Ball on the count. Mitchell has a time batting average of 3.15 in Major League play. Has not seen too much action this year. The batting average of 283, used mostly as a pinch hitter. Next pitch, he takes ball two inside. Almost got away from West for the catch. John McCall, a left-hand knuckleball right-hander, coming up in the giant bullpen. The person on first, Delby is on third, one out in the first half of the eighth inning. The next pitch, ball three outside. Mitchell was ready to go for it. But held back, and now it's three and thing. Mitchell stands deep in the batter's box, and while he can pull, out to right field. He's capable of hitting the ball field. The next pitch. for high and outside, and on fourth base, Mitchell takes a walk. The bases are loaded. The bases are loaded. There's a move to second. Dobie holds a third, and Mitchell takes over at first base. The batter, Dew, has dropped second, but now he is being called back, and we're going to get a pinch hitter. Dave Pope, number four, is coming up to the dugout. Hope is going to hit Strickland. Hope is a rookie outfielder up from Indianapolis of the American Association. He's had 294 for this year with the Indians in 60 ball games. Hit four home runs and drove in 12 runs. He's very fast and has a lot of promise as a coming star of the future. In the American Association, he practically tore that pitch in the park last couple of years. He's a stand batter. Hope, batting for Strickland. First pitch, he swings and taps a foul down the first baseline. Goes back in the fair territory, but it has been fouled off his foot. 
Strike one. Derby on third. Rosen on second. Mitchell on first. One out in the first half of the eighth inning. The Indians and the Giants battling in the first game of the 1954 World Series. Tied up. Turn two. Hope now steps back into the battle. Down the left. Keep it straight on right. Willie May pulled over. Just right center. Just a shade. Big Miles Grissom. Right-hander. On the rubber. Gets into a short wind-up. The pitch. Ball one. A fastball. High and outside. It's an exciting moment. He had the polo grounds at the top. They count one and one on the batter. The base is loaded. The Indians attempting to break the tie. And Grissom, the third grand hurler, trying to close the door. On deck is Jim Hegan. Here's the wind-up. The next pick. Just swinging a move. Just catching the ball. Hope wins for the fastball. <laughs> Wilhelm and McCall continue to warm up for the Giants. Wilhelm, the fast knuckle. Left-hander. Base is a level for the Indians. One out. Here's the out the wind up. The next pitch swung on and out into the stands. Down the left field line. Going into the left field out of play. Ball one and strike two. Red Crest is watching a close base, shouting encouragement down to the A little round man, Tony Cuccinello, away from the coach's box at third base. One out. Blue ball in play. Just the punching Doby very close to the third. Here's the wind up. One and two pitchers. Strike two. He's fucking out. Big strikeouts of the World Series. Yet, of course, to come is a lot of action, but nothing can be more important than that one. Striking out, left hand batter, Dave Pope, with the bases loaded. And now Jim Hegan is up. Fans are still talking about Willie Mays and that great catch. You know, he went right back to the right center field wall to haul down that flag of work. You'll find the diagram of the photo ground showing distances to all fences on page 26 of the new Gillette World Series record book. Be sure you get yours. All right, Jim Hegan is up. The first pitch coming on to him. Ball one high and inside. Ball in the count. There are two out. The bases are loaded. Third side, two and two. Martin, big right-hander, relief pitcher for the Giants. There's the pitch. He can change and pop it up. Off to the right of the pitch. Rest in racing forty. Can't get to it. It's back onto the top of the dugout. Good run by Weston, but he couldn't reach it. And the count is even. Ball one and strike one. He can hit that ball right on the fist and crack his back. That boy brings him another piece of wood. One and one the count on the batter. Jim Hegan. He is 0 for 3. Doby let off for the walk. Rosen singled off the shortstop's hand. Works by deep to center. And Mitchell walked, batting for Majeski. The base is loaded with two out. Here's the windup. And the pitch. Egan swings and fouls it back out of play. Strike two. Ball one and strike two to count. 
Now with the count in favor of the pitcher, Weston South the time. Walks out to drop to Grissom. Catch him on the seat of the pants. They're two out. The spare side. The Indians got two runs in the first. The Giants tied it up in the last of the third. First half of the eighth inning. The runners move off. They are ready to go with the crack of the bat. They're two out. Grissom still watching Doby closely. All right, the one and two pitch. Fouled back. Hegan got a piece of it to stay alive. was a foul ball that came right back into the press box, into one of the cameras, one of the television cameras on duty, covering today's ball game. One and two count. Mitchell on first, Rosen on second, Dobie on third. With two out, the outfielders are straight away. Listen, taking plenty of time, cautiously. Into the windup now. The pitch is running, the ball's drive going deep high, out into left field. Willie Mays is back to the wall. A rather muddy over, and he thundered and has it for the out. Monty Oven standing in front of the 315 foot mark, right on the warning path, in front of the wall, pulled it down. And Ken carries a great, great trick of relief pitching. Don Little and Marv Grissom closing the door on the Indians. They get no runs. They had one hit. There were two bases on balls and three men left. And going into the last half of the eighth inning, the score is Cleveland 2, New York 2. Fans, let's face it. There's nothing that can make your alarm clock sound like sweet music. But when it's hard to get underway, a good Gillette wake-up shave will help you get ready for acting on a sleepy morning. Yes, sir. There's plenty of lift packed into a shaving cream shave with today's new Gillette Super Speed Razor. Now, if you haven't tried today's Gillette Super Speed Razor, you're missing something really great. You change blades in a flash and just rinse it to clean. It's made in one piece, nothing to take apart. And it's double-edged for extra convenience and economy. The price? Only a dollar, complete with traveling case and blue blade dispenser. And while they last, you get the new Gillette World Series Record Book Free. A great little book that helps you get more fun out of baseball all year long. Well, after that great bit of pitching, Miles Grissom has a ball game on his hands. And Buck Fagan, there's nothing that can make your alarm clock sound like sweet music. But when it's hard to get underway, a good Gillette wake-up shave will have to get into action this morning. Yes, sir, there's plenty of lift back in there. Shave and cream shave with today's new Gillette Super Speed Racer. Now that you can try today's Gillette Super Speed Racer, you're missing something really good. You change blades in a flash and just punch it to the... And it's double-edged for extra convenience and economy. The price, only a dollar, can be with traveling suits and blue blazes country. And now they last, you get the new Gillette Bell Series Record Book 3. A cute little book that helps you get more fun out of baseball all year long. (laughs) 
take Cal Magley out of the game. It is now Mark Griffin's ball game to win to lose. Changes in the Indian lineup. At shortstop, Sam Denty. Sam Denty is at shortstop for the Indians, and Pope goes into right field. Dave Pope in right is at and Denty short. And he's Denty playing at first World Series game. Batter for the Giants is Henry Thompson, the third baseman. Left-hand batter, Evan Pittsburgh. Outside. He's had a glorious opportunity. Failed to capitalize on it, and it's still a tie game with the Giants now at that. Thompson has one out of three. It's in the game. Brings on the next pitch and hits the ball two out into right field, and that ball is going to be foul just on the wrong side of the white chalk mark. Foul by White one. 52,751 fans are watching that ball every, every inch of the way. She'll keep him slow with her. Pope in right field will bat in the number seven. And, and Denty is going to shortstop in the number All right, Lemon is ready. Ball one and strike on the count. The next pick. Six foul. Down the first base line. Out of play. The covers and strike two. Hello. Season lost. People talking about the Indian second time strength. Inch strength. No. They're seeing some of it at action right now. Empty a short. They put them up. Nicholas McGregor, of course, who called on the friendship. I guess he did not get an opportunity. Oh, one and strike two. Here's the wind up. The next pitch. Swung on and a high from the foul. Hit back in the plate. Coming back into the sands out of play. Egan started back for it, but no chance to reach him. For the count remains, ball one and strike two. The outfielder pulled around toward right. Thompson filling the crowd for the wallop off the right field wall, but foul. Thompson, the batter, on deck is Monty Irvin. Seven has given up a total of eight hits. The Indians have a total seven. The next pitch is high and outside. The ball two. Even up to now. Barn and Hank Thompson. Third baseman. The wind is still strong coming out of the southeast. Going across from third to first. The next pitch. Good foul down the first baseline. Field it by Pettiton. A one-hand shot. It's a battle now between Bob Griffin and Bob Lemon. And certainly, you have to give a big pat on the back to Leo DeRoche. Strategy. Calling the left pitcher. Down middle, got whipped, and Griffin. That's the left side. Two pitch. The Thompson is ball three outside. And the swing is out. Full count of three and two. There's the wind-up, and the big pitch is all four, high outside. Thompson, coming through the base on balls, that is the third walk given up to Holman. And the batter is Monty Evan. Evan is 0 for 3, fouled out, out, and fried out. 
He's going to third base coach. Comes in to him. Now we have action out in the Indian bullpen. Ray Narleski, rookie right-hander. And Al Newhouse. And they're warming up. Newhouse and Narleski. Scores tied shortly, but the Giants have a runner on first with nobody out. Thompson, the base runner. Batter, Bundy Irvin. Right-hand batter, touched over the plate. Rosen moving on the grass. The pitcher knows the front. Out of them, trying to play the beauty. Even is up with a can't make a play at second. Throws to a feel of coming at first, and Irvin is out on a perfect sacrifice. As pretty a front as you want to see. He jumps it right out in front of the base. No chance to play on the runner at second at all. A perfect sacrifice. One gone. And the back. Irvin goes out 2-4. Stacker to the second baseman cousin. So now, it's the runner on second. One away, and Davey Williams steps in. He is up to three. He's grounded out three times. Right and batter. Eight ball one out and low. Ball on the count. Now the Giants have a right-hander warming up in the boat. Number 49, knuckleball, Taylor Hohelm. I want him out there in case they get down to the spot where they have to use the pinch hitter. Lemon, okay, the time. You're down, ball one. The pitch is ball two, outside and low. Four, no count. Hank Thompson, the fast man, is on second. The outfield pulled around toward left on Williams. Balls are no strikes. Batter on deck is Westrom. Lemon has his sign. Up with the stretch now. Look back to the runner. The pitch is swung on a ground ball to the left side of the infield. Rosen comes in, takes it. The runner is holding it second to third of first, and Williams is out on a close, close play. Had him by a step. Works to Leaning into the infield for that throw. That Williams just by a step. Fraction of a step. There are two gone. The runner is still at second, and the batter is West Westrum. Williams going out. Rosen to Works. 5 3. This broadcast coming to you from the Polo Grounds in New York City, the home of the National League champion, New York Giants. The first game of the 1954 series, and if this is an indicator of what the others are to be, we'll be happy. The score is tied, two and two. Pass to the eighth. Two out. The Giants have a runner at second. Egan and Lemon had a little conference out there, midway between the mound and the plate. Westrom has been a surprise. In three trips to the plate, he has two hits, two singles into left. Right-hand batter. Lemon checks the runner back at second. First pitch. Ball one outside, a curve breaking wide of the plate. Ball won the count on Westrom. They'll pitch carefully to Westrom with the pitcher. Do next. Thompson on second leads away. The pitch, Westrom swings and misses. He went for the slider. Strike one. Ball one and strike one the count. A lot of the old timers will tell you that a slider is just a nickel curve. But not so in the case of Mr. Bob Lemon, who really explodes that thing. And it breaks away. Real sharp breaker. Up in position. 
Lemon backs off the rubber. Weston stepped out. The count is even one and one. A tense moment in the last half of the eighth inning. Thompson, the base runner at second, ready to travel. The outfielders pulled around toward left. Up in position now, Lemon looks back to the runner. The pitch is swung on a high pop foul. It's hit back to the plate. Egan coming back near the stands, but he will not be able to get it. It drops onto the screen out of play. <laughs> A large area gives the catchers and other players plenty of room to travel for foul balls. Third base and back to the plate. Whitey Lockman, the leadoff batter and the man on deck for the Giants, calls Westrom over to him. Talks to him for a few seconds. You know, these ball players are always working at their business, thinking all the time. The man on deck, like Whitey Lockman, he'll pitch him. Maybe he detects a little motion. It might give away a curveball or a fastball. So he passes it on to his teammate, the man who happens to be up there in the batter's box. That's what makes for championship play. The kind you see when the teams reach the Autumn Classic, the World Series. One and two the count. The next pitch fouled back to the screen out of play and the count remains. Ball one and strike two. There are two out in the last half of the eighth inning. Runner, Hank Thompson. And the ball game is tied. New York, too. Thompson left. Was sacrificed a second, but remained there. Rounded out. Lemon taking Big man up there. He leans forward to the glove. His knee looks into it. Now he's stretching. The next pitch is outside. from the catcher. Hank Thompson makes the second third, but holds up. And an end to cover the plate. And it is a wild pitch to Bob Lemon. Okay. A wild pitch. Lemon. Lemon. We've had just about all the strikeouts. A wild pitch. Spectacular uh, in center field by Anderson. Good base front. Thompson is on third, moving a home. The count on the batter is ball. Then the works into it. Weston swung on the net. The center field ball becomes and falls to third. It retires the side. Is really late. Oh. Is that ball this afternoon? A line drive and playing him for it. No. That is retired. No hit runs for the Giants. There was one walk. New York two. Well, fans back at the polo grounds in New York. Going into the first inning, the score is tied. Here are the eight inning Cleveland, two runs, no errors, nine left. New York Giants, two runs, eight, and nine left. That's a ball game. While we're waiting for the leadoff that let's pause ten seconds for the notification. This is the radio network for all This is WGN, your exclusive World Series station in Chicago. Thank 
Bounce play ball here in the ninth inning. Pop Lemon is the leadoff batter for the Indians. He's walked once in three trips. Listen, first pitch to Lemon. Ball one high and outside. All seven hits collected by the Indians were off the top Bagley. The starting pitcher. Ball in the count. The next pitch to Lemon. East this is strike one. One and one the count. Lemon is recognized as one of the top hitting pitchers in the game. Outfit is around toward right. He takes ball two outside. Turn one to count. Lemon has won quite a few of his own games this year and in other years with his hitting. And it was just a couple of seasons ago that he came up with one home runs in one season. A fine record for a pitcher. Of course, he had previously played the outfield. Also on strike one, the count. Listen, works into the windup. The pitch is swung out and fouled off into the stands. Off to the left of the plate, out of play. That is even up, two and two. Lemon, left-hand batter, popped out his last trip to the plate in the seventh inning. Listen, okay to sign. The two to pitch. Ball three outside, and the string is out. It's a full count of three and two. Just to add to the evenness of this ball game, each team has had three bases on balls. The count three and two on Lemon, and the payout pitch. Coming up, and a short fly ball into left field. Coming in fast to Johnny Irvin. He's under it and makes the catch almost at the shortstop position. And the win pull that ball back in towards the infield. Doc could have taken it easily, but he saw that Monty Irvin was about to run. And rather than disturbing, perhaps risk a collision, called him on for it. One away. Lemon pops to Monty Irvin. Here's Al Smith, the Indians' leadoff back. Right hand takes the fastball out to hit the point. This is the side of Pitcher Magley in the first inning and scored the first one of the ball game. Struck out in the second. An infield scratch hit in the fifth off the pitcher's glove. And he found it out there because he's last time up in the seventh inning. Ball on the count. Crouched over the plate waiting. They strike the fastball, blitzing down the middle. The count is ball one and strike one. Smith gets a lot of bases on the ball. He crowds the plate. One and one to count. So his next pitch is inside. All the hitting. Smith spinning out of the way. And the count is ball two and strike one. Yeah, we talked about those infield hits. Leaders. Well, yeah. it's just like lines. The next pick is a fly ball is hit out into Monty Evans. Going back now, closes He makes the catch. He stands there to give him the call. Get tied to Evan and let's has made the last three outs. He's the long five. Jim Egan. In the 
Back to the 315 foot mark. He tells two out and nobody on. Bobby Aquila steps into the batter's box. Right on today's ball game, there's one of the one extra base hits. Dick Wirtz with a quick first off the right center field wall. First pitch to Aquila. His ball went outside. Little cover across second baseman. And Wirtz out of four. The single to first inning. Yeah. Good ball player. He's had one of his best Again, he takes a strike. That's why he's in there. The count is one point. I'm going to hit 15 home runs in the break of the season. A lot of people wonder where he gets his power. Good wrist action. One and one to count. Swing and a miss. Strike two. Yes, sir, the fans are really enjoying this first game of the 1954 World Series. We hope that you folks all around the world, too, are enjoying our broadcast. And we've got the trip to you for the great excitement here at the Polo Grounds this afternoon. Ball one and two on the bottom. Nobody on, two out. The tie score, two to two. Outfitters are covering straight away for the Wilson opens the sign into the windup. Pitch is outside, and Lowe gets away from the cap here, away from him. Ball three. Two and two down. The Indians have the bases loaded in the race and hit the the score. They found that of a lead pitching on the part of Don Little in the race and hit the the score. They found that of a lead pitching on the part of Don Little and Mark Wilson. And the Giants had a man as far as third to fail to score. Oscar County turn to Larry Dillman takes on deck. First half of the inning. Here's the wind up. And the shooter pitch. Swung on, and there's a high foul in the short left field. Ronnie Irvin is coming high, still racing in as the wind holds it up. He pops it up. Still is trying to pull Irvin. Takes it up to second, but too late. Drop chance on Monty Irvin. And it is charged to Monty Irvin, the left field. Oh, it's charged to Irvin. Rod went back to cover, but it was Irvin's ball that the win played a very important part in holding that ball actually bringing it back on the infield. It's an error on Monty Irvin, the third giant error of the team, and the dealer is on second with a tie-breaking run. Larry Toby is the batter. Weston now goes to Marv Grissom. And they're going to give him an intentional pass. A left hand batter. And in spite of the fact that Al Rosen, the cleanup hitter, is on deck. They pick him less dangerously. Or to be less dangerous than Bobby, a full hitter. And the left hand batter was the win in his favor. Left hander Johnny. McCall, Wendy McCall, and right-hander Hart Wilhelm warming up in the giant bullpen. All right, there's ball four, and Dopey takes his walk. An intentional pass, the second left of the pad, and the second walk given up by Gibson. 
This one intentional. This one is on first and second, making the fourth play possible, of course. And brings up a right-hand batter. Al Rosen steps in. He has one out of four. Infield hit. Off Alvin Dow's hand. Last time up. And it's over by two out. First pitch is all one outside. That run back is good work. The outfield is around to that. The body of and beat him straight away. Playing the sun field. Willie Mays. Over next to This is next to Rosen. Swing and bounce it off to catch his mask. Stunned the rest of the best a boost. Get to his feet. Well, that can really hurt you. Ball one and strike one. Avila is on second. Obi is on first. With two outs during the first half of the ninth inning. Four tied. Cleveland two. New York two. And Thompson, deep in the position of third base. Well back at the bag. Bob covering shortstop, moving around. Ever alert, waiting for the play. Rosen back in the batter's box with the count. Ball one and strike one. Gets him up with a stretch. Looks back to the runner second. The pitch is cut to with a fastball. Waste high to the inside corner. Ball one and strike two. One and two the count. He's ahead of the back now. Has him in the hole. Just getting ready on deck in case he gets the chance to come up. Runners will travel with a crack at the back. They're two out. Listen, okay's the sign. In position. There's the pitch. It is ball two outside. Ball two and check to the count. The moment these baseball fans come, the runner in scoring position. Look at the move. Al Rosen, and the cleanup batter at the plate. Bobby with a long lead off first. The two to pitch. Fouled back to the screen, out of play. Count remains two and two. Rosen, while he is a slugger, will change up as the pitcher works on him. Other times you'll see him with his hands right down the end of that bat. Other times he moves up on the bat. He'll hit the right field at the right center. Instead of slugging for the long ball, he tries to let base hit. It will bring a run home. He's one of the game's great competitors. Aggressive, hard work. There's the pitcher pitch. All three outside and low. And the swing is out. It's a full count. And the runners will be moving with the pitch. Runners on first and second, two out. The count three and two. Al Lopez, the Indian manager, stalking the dugout floor, walking back and forth. Near the racer right down below us, doing the same. Three and two count. The outfielders now have moved straight away. Here's the stretch. The runners are moving. The big pitch is swung on, and there's a fly ball into left field. Monty Evans moving in under this one now. He has it, and the side is retired. And there is another great bit of pitching on the part of Marv Grissom. 
He's been a whale of a relief hauler for the dance this year, and he's proving himself again this afternoon in this World Series. For the Indians in the ninth, no runs, no hits. An error, and a base on ball, and two were left. So we go into the last half of the ninth inning of the score, Cleveland 2, New York Giants 3. You know, fans, since 1944, there have been four six-game series and four seven-game series, as you'll see in the Gillette World Series record book. You can check the score of every series game ever played in this compact baseball book. And you can take it from there, because the book contains a world of other important baseball facts. Moving into the last half of the ninth game, the fans coming back. The pitcher, Miles Grissom, will be the leadoff batter. Then to the top of the batting order, Whitey Lockman, Alvin Dowd. A heavy part of the giant attack. The Indians have left 11 men on the bases in eight and a half innings. The Giants have left a total of nine on in eight innings. Wilson is going to bat here in the last half of the ninth. And he has a chance to put his team off on the right foot. He's a right-hander all the way. Right-hand pitcher, right-hand batter. Lennon gave up three hits in the third inning. That was when the Giants scored their two runs. He has walked three and struck out four. Here's the wind-up. Lennon's first pitch to Gibson is ball one outside and low. Lennon Frank. Giant coach at third base, shouting encouragement to Grissom. Dickens joining in from the coach's box at first base. Next pitch, Grissom swings and he misses the curveball. Boy, he's a big fella if he ever connects on one. It'll take a ride. Ball one and strike one. You watch some of these pitchers, you never know when they're going to conk it. There is a cut call as the curve hit the outside corner, breaking away. Ball one and strike two. Lemon into the windup. Pitches and Grissom swings and misses. He struck him out. Strikeout number five for Bob Lemon. Oddly enough, Lemon in previous years has been noted as a strikeout artist, but this year they sort of named him a control pitcher. He still had a lot of strikeouts, better than hundred, but not up with the leaders. Like some of the boys at 160. The next batter, Whitey Lockman, left-hand batter, steps in. First pitch turn is a strike call. The fastball got the inside corner knee high. The outfield is a swift well around that right, deep in all fields. And his next pitch is ball one upside and low. Early win, there will undoubtedly be the starting pitch in tomorrow's ball game, was the strikeout pitcher with the Indians this year. And then one to count. On Lockman, one out. The next pitch is fouled into the dirt. Goes back to the plate. 
And the count moves to about one in second. They'll be over in right center. Right side of the infield deep. Frank Huffman has a pull hitter. He has one out of four. Single to lead off in the third inning. That started the Giants to their two-run rally. One and two is the count now. On deck is Alvin Dobb. One out. Lemon checks his time. Drops into the wind up. The pitch is on and the ground ball is hit. Back to the pitcher's mound. Lemon takes it. It's out of first and Lockman is out. Going for that sinker, he tapped it toward the pitcher's mound. Lockman grounding out, hit to the first, one, three. And that brings up Alvin Dobb. He has a walk and two hits and four trips to the plate. The Giants got seven hits off Lemon in the first four innings of the ball game, and since then have had just one. A single by Mueller in the seventh inning. Dark, a right-hand batter with two outs. First ball went inside. Scores tied, two and two, here in the last half of the ninth inning. Here's the wind-up. And the next pitch is outside. Ball two. Ball two, no strike. Last of the night, Lemon now turns his back on the plate, wiping the perspiration from his brow. Always tugging at that cat. Now he's heading. The four-nothing pitch coming up, and Doc holds back for ball three, a curveball breaking down in the way, and it is skipping. On deck is John Mueller. Ball three, no strike. It's two out in the last of the ninth. And his next pitch is fouled back to the screen. Strike one. They gave him the go sign. Three and one. Lemon still has to come in with another. Rubbing up the new ball, thrown out to him. Al Rosen, the third baseman, is pulled over close to the line. Coming has his sign now. The 3-1 pitch. Pulled foul down the third baseline over toward the stands, and it is ball three, strike two. Bonnie's caught up with him now, and it boils down to just one pitch. One for the batter, one for the pitcher. Ball three, strike two. Doc digs back in there. Right-hand batter. One of the game's real tough competitors. Hard to get out. Lemon works into the windup. And the big pitch is swung on and popped up foul. Off to the right. And Wilkes is racing over near the stands. He won't be able to get to it. It drops back in the crowd. Out of play. Well, the fans have had their share of souvenirs in the stands. None in home run territory. Only one extra base hit. Right back in the first inning. Three and two to count. Umpire Barley throws a new ball play. Lemon takes a long look on the sign from his catcher, Jim Hegan. He's all set. Here's the windup. And the three-two pitch is on and pulled far out into left field. 
Smith is going back. Right in front of the wall, he's under the mix of the as the wind held it up. Boy, we were talking about home run territory, and there was one that was traveling for it, 360 feet away. Al Smith made the catch, and the side is retired. For the Giants in the ninth, no runs, no hits, nothing across, and we go into extra innings. At the end of nine, it is Cleveland two, New York Giants two. Al, this first one is really turning out to be something, isn't it? Well, yes, sir, uh, Jimmy, and uh, do you know this is the first extra inning ball game in World Series play since uh, back in 1952 when uh, it was an extra inning ball game on the fifth day of October in which the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Yankees played uh, an extra inning affair, 11 innings. And if I remember rightly, Carl Erskine was the pitcher in that ball game. So, Jimmy, uh, we've had our share of thrills here this afternoon, haven't we? You're absolutely right, Al. And as I said before, if this is an indicator, we're really in for something in the rest of this World Series. Well, at the end of nine innings, it's tied up. Al, two and two. I haven't been able to break it. Why don't you take it over? I'll help her. All right, Jimmy. We'll see what will happen here. Here are your totals at the end of nine innings of play for the Cleveland Indians. Two runs, seven hits, no errors. They have left 11 on here this afternoon in facing pitchers Magley, Little, and now Mark Grissom. And for the New York Giants in facing Bob Lemon, they have two runs on eight base hits. They've committed three errors of field, and nine have been left on. So it's just about as even, Stephen, as it possibly can be, with the exception of the error column. And now let's stop step into the uh, top half of the 10th inning to see what Victor Wirtz is going to do. He's ripped a triple and two singles and four at-bats and swings on the first pitch offered by Grissom and hits a high foul ball off to the left of the plate way up into the second tier out of play. So this promises, as Jimmy said, to be a wing-ding series. All the experts have picked it as such and I think all the fans around the country and the world expect it to be exactly that. The Cleveland Indians and the New York Giants and Mark Grissom showing a lot of strength on the mound in relief is pitching now the left-handed batting Victor Wirtz. Has a count on him of strike one. Pitches, a knuckleball, what looks like a knuckler, and it's fouled off to the left of the plate for strike two. Inning number ten here in the first game of the 1954 World Series. This is the 51st playing of the Fall Classic. And right now the shadows are beginning to fall here over Coogan's Bluff and over the playing diamond at the ground. One plate, first base, pitcher's mound, and uh, second base and third base in the shadows. Now Grissom is ready. Delivers on two. Wirtz takes the fastball. Fired in there high for ball one. One ball and two strikes. Cleveland two, the New York Giants two. I guess you wouldn't want a more even Stephen ball game to start off the big fall activity. Marvin Grissom, 34-year-old right-hander. Pitched some uh, fine relief ball for the Giants this year. Delivers to Wirtz. A fastball low for ball two. Well, one thing you say about it, Bob Lemon has lasted uh, so far three pitches the Giants have uh, put out there. Magley, Don Little, who pitched only one-third of the eighth inning, and Mark Grissom, who pitched two-thirds of the eighth and has been steaming along ever since. Victor Wirtz levels that bat off. Grissom fires away two and two. Fastball, it's high and outside. So Wirtz has an even chance as far as Grissom is concerned with a three-ball, two-strike count. First man up here for the Cleveland Indians in the first half of the tenth inning. Mark Grissom takes a sign, dealt out there by Western. Right foot forward on the rubber, waiting. Now he starts his motion. The 3-2 pitch to the plate towards the swing on. There's a high fly ball hit down the left field line, curving foul up into the second tier out of play. Well, that's another close one. Alvin Dark electrified everybody with two down. The base is empty in the last half of the ninth inning, as Jimmy told you. Had a high, towering drive deep into left field where Al Smith was able to get under it and make the catch. 
before something like the one that was hit out there to Marty Irvin. Just missed the overhanging facade here at the Polo Grounds by a scant few feet. Been quite a ball game here this afternoon. Now the next 3-2 pitch here on Victor Wirtz. Grissom cuts it loose, an overhand fastball. And there's a line shot hit to left field. It's curving just outside foul. Victor Wirtz all the way down to first base. It carried his bat with him. He didn't even drop it. He just tucked it under his arm and started to run. By the barest of margins, that becomes a foul ball, and Wirtz still has a count of three and two. So, so far, with uh, Wirtz, Mr. Grissom has a living sort of a charmed life. That buzzed the fans here at the Polo Grounds, make no mistake. Now Wirtz gets that. I think my friend Jimmy here almost swallowed his chewing gum. <laughs> oh, me. Now the 3-2 pitch by my Grissom. An overhand fastball swung on by Wirtz. There's a long drive deep in the left center field. Willie May's going to have to hurry if he's going to get this one. He's not going to get it. It's in the alley. Left center field for the bases. Victor Wirtz on his way to second. Here comes Willie May's throw into Alan Darkett short. It's a stand-up two-bagger for Victor Wirtz. He has the only extra base blows in the ball game today. A triple and now a double. Victor Wirtz, a double to deep left center field. Well, Willie Mays made one spectacular catch on Victor Wirtz back in the eighth inning. Jimmy Dudley told you, going deep in the right center field, taking the ball over his shoulder, much in the manner, and then catching forward pass his quarterback. Mays turned around, his quick throw in. Held things down pretty much. Now, Rudy Regalado is coming out of the bullpen. He's going to run for Victor Wirtz. Rudy Regalado, the kid from California. Round of applause for Victor Wirtz, and he deserves it. Rudy Regalado is taking his position at second base. Regalado, the young fellow who came up from uh, came out of California to make himself a spot on the ball club. Rudy's from Los Angeles, California. That is, he was born there and still raised there. Uh, was raised there and still lives there. Six feet, one hundred eighty-five pounds. He's been used principally in relief for the Cleveland Indians this year. That is, uh, as a relief third baseman. And I believe Jimmy he has played uh, a little shortstop too, hasn't he? Yes, he has played uh, short, third, and second. He likes third base, however, Al, better than any of the other positions. I know a pulled fire muscle uh, took him out of the lineup when he was hitting pretty well. Now batting right-handed Sam Detty for his first at-bat of the afternoon. And he bunts the first pitch down the third base lineup with it as Hank Thompson. Throws to Davey Williams covering at first base. Sam Detty sent up to sacrifice Regalado over to third. Successfully does it. Sam Detty. Going up there batting at 266, and of course we'll hold that batting average. 5-4 put out on the sacrifice in case you're scoring along with us this afternoon. That puts Regalado running for Victor Wirtz, who doubled the left center field on third base in scoring position. And hitting left-handed Dave Pope coming up there, and they're going to walk him intentionally. Setting up the opportunity for a double play. There's ball one on the outside. Mark Grissom will throw wide to him for the next three days. And while this is being done... Let's pause 10 seconds here for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all America. WGN, your exclusive World Series station, Chicago. We've just completed ball four to Dave Pope. And Bill Glenn, a left-hand hitter, is being called upon to bat for Jim Hegan. So uh, Al Lopez is going all out here in his attempt. To get this run in, 
Good in the ball game here in the top half of the tenth inning because once you get past those nine, as we all know, it's a sudden death affair. And, of course, Grissom has his work cut out for him very definitely. Bill Glenn. Getting up handed. He's being announced to the crowd now. He'll probably stay in and play at first base. Means we'll have a new catcher for the Cleveland Indians. Glenn coming on here in the 10th inning. The bat for Higgin will stay in that slot probably and play at first base. Of course, uh, this is all conjecture on our part. I'll have to wait to see what uh, manager Al Lopez has in mind. But we're just sort of uh, kind of looking forward to the last half of the 10th inning to see uh, how the defensive alignment is going to come up for Cleveland. Bill Glenn hitting left-handed. Moving in there right now. First baseman hit 251 over the regular season. Left-handed batter. Right up the first pitch to Glenn with runners at first and third. Second is open and one out. The pitch to Glenn is a curve nicely over. Right under the letters for called strike one. Grissom gave him a lot of motion and not too much speed. The next batter up there should be Bob Lemon. Down comes the pitch again. Fastball swung on a miss by Glenn for strike two. And Thompson has been playing a shallow third base with uh, Glenn up there. Of course, he has a double purpose at third. He's playing shallow. Glenn might uh, drop one down. Poppy swing and drop it down the third baseline. And two, Regalado is on at third. And Thompson wants to be there in the event of a play back there for him. Regalado takes his lead off at third base. He represents a tie-breaking run for Cleveland. In comes the pitch. A fastball high off the peak of the cap for ball one. Left-hander, Wendy McCall. Along with Hart Wilhelm, the right-hander down in the bullpen for the New York Giants, just in case Mark Grissom should have any more trouble here in the 10th inning. Wurtz opened with a double. Regalado is running for him. Dante sacrificed the runner down to third. Hope was lost intentionally. It's swung on by Glenn and missed. Oh, three. Grissom came in with a hooky jerk curveball, and Glenn was after it. Missed it right off the fist. That's the big important out for Mark Grissom to be picking up at this particular point in the game. That gives him his second strikeout. Four times, Cleveland batsmen have gone down. By the strikeout route. And the round of applause is for Bob Lemon as he comes out. Here's a chance for Bob definitely to uh, strike a blow on his own behalf. Let's see, this afternoon Lemon has walked in the second inning. Lined out to center field of Willie Mays in the fifth. Wrapped up to shortstop Alvin Dark in the seventh. And in, in the ninth inning, hit a fly ball to left field to Marty Irvin. Time is called for the moment as Whitey Lockman comes over to say something to Marv Grissom. And remind him that there are two out here in the top of the tenth inning. Regalado is on at third base. At first is Dave Pope. Second is open. Two down. Score still two apiece and Bob Lemon up. Grissom delivers to him. And Lemon takes a fastball. It's low and outside for ball one. Quite a tense moment in the ball game here for Marv Grissom and the New York Giants. As Jim told you, this is Marv Grissom's ball game now to win or lose. He's won 10, lost 7 on the regular season. He's ready now. Delivers a curve. Swung on. And line drive right for Lenny Luckman at first base for out number three to retire the side. And the Cleveland threat goes to the board. Oh, here in the 10th inning for Cleveland. No runs. One base hit. There were no giant errors. And two Cleveland Indians were left on. Running their total out of 13 to be left on and going to bat 10 times. So the score at the end of nine and one half innings of play remains Cleveland 2, the New York Giants 2. Well, we're in extra innings now, fans, and how long this game will go is the 64th. The longest game on record took three hours and 28 minutes when the Tigers faced the Cubs in 1945.
Now, you'll find plenty of interesting baseball dope just like this if you get yourself a copy of the Gillette World Series record book. Here's a great little reference book to have on hand all year round. It answers thousands of questions, highlights facts, figures, and features that make every game more exciting and more enjoyable. Buy today's one-piece Gillette Super Speed Razor at the regular price, and the book is yours free while they last. Now the last half of early number 10. Now the changes in the lineup for Cleveland. At first base, we have Bill Glenn and Mickey Grasso, a fellow who had uh, a terrific fight to make a comeback this year after having suffered a severe fracture of the leg. Is coming on to do the catching here in this World Series game. And he'll bat in the number five position. So uh, Mickey Grasso comes on. He's the same Mickey Grasso who did uh, quite a bit of the catching for the Washington Nationals and was dealt over to the Cleveland Indians. Mickey Grasso, not practically all of the year, because of that fractured leg, is coming on here in the tenth inning to be the catcher. And at first base, as we had supposed, Bill Glenn remains, who will bat number eight. He'll take over at first base. So defensively now, the Cleveland Indians have Bob Lemon on the mound. Mickey Grasso behind the plate. At first base, Bill Glenn. At second, Bobby Avila. At short is Sam Duddy. And at third is Al Rosen. The outfield remains the same of uh, left fielder Al Smith, center fielder Larry Doby, right fielder Dave Polk. Lemon ready to pitch now to Don Mueller. He does and gets a uh, let-up curveball in there for a strike. Two runs on seven hits for Cleveland. No errors. They've stranded 13 so far in this uh, extra inning ball game. The Giants have two runs and uh, eight hits off Lemon. Miller, Miller takes a cup at this next pitch and hits a foul ball off the end of the bat. Goes over into the stands out of play back at third base. Strike two of the count on Don Miller. The number three here in the Giants order. He'll be followed by Willie Mays and then by uh, Hank Thompson. Two and two. What'll they do? Don't know. It's been quite a ball game here today. Wind sort of uh, died down a bit coming in from behind left field, but still we have enough of it here to uh, determine what's going to happen with the fly ball. Lemon's ready now. Pumps and delivers an overhand curve. Swung on and missed by Mueller. for like three. The ball was dropped by Grasso. He picked it up and tagged. Don Mueller for the first out. Coming up now is Willie Mays. They remember his terrific catch in center field. Bob Lemon with six strikeouts now to face Willie Mays. Willie has yet to get his first base hit in the World Series. He popped up a short in the first, walked in the third, grounded the third in the fifth inning, and forced Mueller at second base in the seventh. Willie Mays hitting right here. Mickey Grasso, fine competitor behind the plate now for the Cleveland Indians, working with Bob Lemon. Grasso, whose leg still bothers him, nevertheless he's out there going. We're in the twos. Curveball is way outside and low to Willie Mays. Gets through and back to the backstop for ball one. Looks as though Bob uh, Lemon threw that sinker. Got a little too much outside. One out for the Giants here in the 10th inning. There are no base runners. The score is still tied at two apiece. Quite Wilhelm is alone throwing down the giant bullpen now. Looks as though it will be heat coming on in case he's needed. Lemon delivers a curve. Drives Willie Mays back from the plate. Flips in under the short ribs. Ball two. Two balls, no strikes on Willie Mays. Bob Lemon, who has paced himself very well here this afternoon. 
Beats that ball down in the palm of the glove. Gets ready now as he leans forward. Takes a sign from Grasso. Grasso, the relief catcher now for Cleveland. Lemon delivers a curve. Snaps off low and outside. And Grasso is having a little trouble handling the curve balls. Fired in there by Bob Lemon. Willie Mays has a count of three and nothing. Three balls, no strikes. Lemon back to visit the rosin bag. Slams it down. Comes right up. Puts his foot on the rubber. Looks down at Willie Mays, who's standing there, waiting for the pitch to be made. Now the 3-0 delivery. Lemon comes in with fastball, taken by Mays, and poured through at the knees for strike one call. Al Barlick, the National League umpire, working the plate here this afternoon, can be heard all over this ballpark. No doubt about it, when Barlick calls them, they're called. Fastball is outside and low for ball four. And Willie Mays with one out draws a free ticket to first base to represent the possible winning run for the New York Giants. And away of bases on balls, if you'll check me, Jim, that's the fourth given up by Jim Lemon. Thank you. The fourth given up by Bob Lemon. And coming up to the plate now is Hank Thompson. Hank's spanked a single to right field back in the third inning. He's rolled out to first, then hit his single to right. Came along in the fifth inning and struck out, and then was walked in the eighth. So he's one for three this afternoon and has driven in one of the runs the Giants now possess. Now we're ready for the first pitch. Down it comes, there goes the runner. Willie Mays is going to throw for it. Mickey Grasso throws down to second. It's not in time to Denny. And Willie Mays has stolen second base. Sam Dutty. Sam Dutty kept that ball. He wasn't going to give Willie Mays a chance to get up and get off that bag at all. He just kept tapping him on the leg. And, uh... Umpire Conlon standing laughing. Sam Denny was uh, insistent. Willie Mays is going in second base here. Oh, he puts uh, the Giants in a pretty good spot. And now they're going to put Hank Thompson on. They're going to put him on. So I'll put Thompson on, walk intentionally. Runners at first and second. That'll set up a double play situation. That's the thing the Cleveland Indians, of course, are now hoping for. That's the place on ball. And here comes a guy that uh, did a tremendous lot of damage to the National League pitchers this year. Dusty Rhodes coming up to the plate. There's the announcement for him, and you'll hear them yell for him as soon as they realize who it's coming up. Dusty Rhodes coming up to the plate. He's going to bat for Marty Irvin. He'll probably uh, remain out there to play in the field. Dusty Rhodes, starting at 341. Hit 15 home runs this year for the Giants. Drove in 50 runs and didn't uh, play too often. Played in only 82 of the ball games. Used uh, principally as a pinch batter. Dusty Rhodes coming on. Left-handed. So Lemon has his work cut out for him with one out, two on here in the last of the 10th inning. Rhodes swings on the first pitch. It's a half fly ball into right field coming over his coat. Back near the line. Leaks. He can't get it. It's into the right field stand for a home run for Dusty Rhodes. Lemon throws his club straight up in the air. And that's it. That does it. At the plate, Dusty Rhodes is being mobbed. He's being mobbed here in the last half of the tenth inning for a cinch hit home run in this World Series to drive in three of them. So it's a final five to two. Five runs for the New York Giants. Five runs, and let's see, that'll be the ninth hit. Five runs, nine hits. They had three errors here this afternoon, and left the total 
of man on the... So Dusty Rhodes gets off and continues to be known as the marvelous pinch batter. Dusty Rhodes home run in the tenth inning with one out and two men on. The drive in three runs for the Giants in the tenth. That was the only base hit. There were no errors. There was one stolen base. Nobody was left on. For the Cleveland Indians, two runs here this afternoon. On a total of seven hits, getting all off Magley. They had no errors. And left on the bases this afternoon, 13 for the Cleveland Indians. Well, everybody, it's all over. A storybook finish for the New York Giants in the first game of the 1954 World Series. And I know that a veteran reporter has many, many things to say about what has been seen here this afternoon. And in just a moment, Bill Coram will review the highlights of today's game for you. Ladies and gentlemen, a home permanent that's really trouble-free. It's new self-timing Tony with 15-minute waving lotions. With this new Tony, you're sure of perfect timing every time. There's no clock checking, no test curls, no guesswork. Your self-timing Tony is times are right. Your waves can't go wrong. Takes only minutes to wave and neutralize, gives you months of more carefree waves. It's the one permanent that's fast and lasts. And your wave will be soft and natural right from the very first day. So no matter how happy you are, you're happy. Today. It's a new, new Tony, a Bowser Tony. It's self-timing, 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 self-timing Tony. Well, that was quite a finish to quite a ball game, wasn't it? The third time this year that Dusty Rhodes has walked up at that plate and hit a pinch hit home run. And I guess that probably never has happened before. I don't have any record here on it. But uh, it's great pitch hitting anyhow. And it was the 16th hit that he had made in 46 trips to the plate, I believe, uh, as a pinch hitter. Of course, he played regularly part of the season, too. But before we go on with the victorious Giants, it should be said that nobody ever pitched a stouter hearted game than did Bob Lemon of San Bernardino, California, here for the Indians this afternoon. He was a little shaky at the beginning, got better as the game went on, and that was the only extra base hit that home run of Rhodes that made, of course, the score 5-2. to two where all the Giants really needed then a sudden death would have been that one run that they had down at second base, but they got three for good measure. And, of course, it was a tremendous victory because in any World Series, as all you listeners know, uh, the first game amounts to so much. And also because Lemon has been, of course, if not best, it's between uh, either Bob or Early win, I should say, because both of them won 23 games, but uh, by some people at least considered their strongest pitcher. And uh, he was a great pitcher this afternoon. And when you beat the top pitcher, of course, Magley didn't finish either. But a great many people, and on his record, he does rate as the Giants' tops. That'll be Johnny Antonelli, who will pitch tomorrow. And so the Giants got, as I said before, a tremendous break in this victory. Not only the all-important first game, but now in an excellent pitching position. And they would even have Magley, who didn't do too badly. And, of course, was succeeded by Little. And little by little, Mr. Vic Wirtz, who was a, one of the greatest hitters I ever saw this afternoon in any World Series, actually, uh, if you told the truth, you'd have to say that he made five straight hits. Of course, he didn't. Willie Mays robbed him, and undoubtedly the greatest catch, with the greatest catch, that's ever been made in World Series history. He went clear back to the barrier. The ball was clear over his head. Everybody of the crowd of 52,000-plus here thought it was over his head. And the only one that wouldn't acknowledge it was Willie. He just kept going and kept going, and finally the ball dropped in his glove over his shoulder, and he turned around and threw a strike to second base. He can really rifle that ball as well as catch it. Of course, he didn't do anything at the bat this afternoon except 
uh, draw a couple of bases on balls, but he was, as he has been all season, a tremendous ball player. And so are these two teams. Cleveland having won 111 games this year. Uh, it was the fourth pitch hit uh, home run in World Series history, by the way. Somebody just had me a note here on that. Uh, that was Rhodes, and it was the fourth pitch hit homer in World Series history. I was saying that Cleveland won 111 games, which is a record, and uh, is a mighty fine ball team. They made no errors today. They played good tight baseball, and they got stop pitching from Lemon. Not the best game he ever pitched by any means, but strong arm pitching, and so did the Giants get about as stout-hearted a job from marvelous Marv Grissom as anybody ever saw. Down there in the short rows of the ball game, when Cleveland was playing in every inning, he had the bases loaded once, then he had a man on again, and then he had two on in the tenth. And this was the first extra inning uh, World Series game now since 1952, I believe, when uh, Brooklyn and the Yankees played across the river over here, and my memory is Brooklyn won it in 11 innings, not very important. But uh, in those last innings, uh, the Indians were knocking at the door all the time, and uh, Grissom just had to be a whale of a pitcher and have a heart like a lion to stand them off. And he, he did. He, he was pitching uh, the same sort of ball that Lemon had been pitching all afternoon until Mr. Rhodes walked up there and cold-cocked it, and that was payday in the mines. And now it's kind of maize in September.